All right, greetings and good morning. Welcome aboard and welcome home inside the Gamecocks, the show live from the Sinorama Studios and always built by the BarnDominiumCo.com. The BarnDoCo is they're called where you can build your dream home for as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in Georgia, Tennessee, or right here in the Carolinas, you can find them in the Chief Sports app as well. Served by Chicken Cock Whiskey. Chicken Cock Whiskey getting us through a three and six football season, but hopefully four and six coming up this weekend. Bandy will be in town to take on the Gamecocks, and we've got plenty on that today, tomorrow, and Friday, of course, as we always do. Phil and JB. JC is off today. Matt Anderson will be joining us coming up here in just a little while as well. And we might have one more guest, but um, just not too sure yet. We're we're trying to work out some some logistics if we can get it done. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, it will be a lot of fun around here today because these are always good days when you kind of have an open canvas. And I have, I don't think I'll get to all of them, but I did I did uh, copy and paste three, six, wait, one, two, three, four, five, six, nine uh, questions from our mailbox. So if you have the Chief Sports app, the Connect tab, you can go into the Connect tab. There's one for Phil. There's one for me. There's one for JC. There's one for the show in general, JC and Morgan. You can literally find whoever you want to connect to. And um, and I, I do apologize to all these people because we're always so jam-packed with stuff to, to do that sometimes I don't ever get it in here. But we're going to get it in today. The college football playoff rankings came out again last night, so we'll get into those. And, uh, and of course, we'll, t- we'll talk plenty of of South Carolina football and basketball and and everything in between. That includes some recruiting updates as well. A lot of you probably saw the big one yesterday from Daniel Hill. Uh, the text line is open, 803-766-6320. And, of course, the Nana's chat box is always open. And you, if it's that easy for you, you just want to type a question in there, we'll try to, uh, we'll try to get that, jot it down, and come back to it uh, as soon as we can here over the next – couple of hours also want to remind everybody that yes it is 
somewhat early November, but you know how it works. I mean, just th- think about this for, for two seconds here. Two weeks from today will be Thanksgiving Eve, and that is literally the holiday season. Uh, so if you want to start your shopping, maybe it's with Rescues and Resin and the, the custom wood and resin products they do, or whether it's at Gamecock Traditions. Right now they got 30% off all their short sleeve T-shirts, 30% just this week now. But uh, if you want to get all your shopping started, try to save some money, uh, support our, our partners, of course. Uh, we don't ask you to support them just to support them. They, they have good products, and we know that. Uh, maybe it's at Electric Bikes of Charleston or, or Charleston Fitness Equipment or, or whatever it may be. Uh, might be you want to buy a couple of bottles of booze for somebody this holiday season. Chicken Cock's a great bourbon to do it with. Uh, so make sure you check out the, the holiday section there in our app and, and browse through a lot of our great partners here on Inside the Gamecocks. And they're also, of course, partners with the, with the Chief Sports Network. With all that said, good morning to everybody, and Phil, my man, good morning to you. I apologize for the late text last night. I had fallen asleep with my kids and totally forgot to send that to you, so it, I try to shut the, the, the phone down now, man. I just I, I don't like when people are blowing me up 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night, but I did it to you, so I'm sorry about that. No worries, no worries. I'm I'm typically up a little later than most anyway, so that that worked out well for me and gave me something to do right first thing in the morning, which was nice. That way, it was like, all right, now I got I have an agenda for tomorrow as opposed to just dropping the kids off at school. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I gave you I yeah. gave you some some late night chores, I guess. Yeah, no, uh, man, no worries, no worries. All in uh, all for a good cause. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt about mm-hmm. it. Um, we also will be joined tomorrow by, uh, who's joining us from Park Avenue tomorrow. It's not Chase. No, Natalie, Natalie, Natalie. Is, I think. Yeah, Natalie. Okay. Yeah. Natalie will be with us tomorrow from, uh, from Park Avenue as well at, uh, at 1130. Uh, looking forward to getting her on after Perry Orth. And then the golden tones of Mike Morgan will be here around noon, um, as well. It is, uh, that time of year and it has been for a while, where you get to watch college football every night. And I would suggest you do it if you can, because when it's gone, it's gone, right? Uh, There were some games on last night, three of them. Ohio beat Buffalo, Western Michigan beat Central Michigan, and Ball State uh, beat Northern Illinois. Tonight you've got Akron and Miami, Bowling Green and Kent State, and uh, Eastern Michigan at Toledo. Toledo's good. They're 8-1 and and 5-0 in the Mac tomorrow, Virginia is on the road at Louisville. How about Louisville, man? Just keep, keep this in mind. If Louisville wins tomorrow, they will be six and one in the league. Now that won't necessarily wrap up their spot in the ACC championship game, but it puts them dang close because you've got a bunch of teams with two losses. Georgia tech is at four and two Louisville beat them to open the season. So they have the head to head there. So, like, Louisville, after Virginia, they have to go to Miami, and then they've got Kentucky. Okay, so here, the point of this is if they beat Virginia, who we all know is just having a, a really bad year, if they beat Virginia, they'll only have one hurdle left to clear. They go beat Miami. They're in the ACC championship game. Um, so, but, but if they stub their toe somewhere, you got to look at the head-to-heads. And, of course, there's a lot that else that's going to unfold because all these teams are going to be playing each other. But as it stands right now, Louisville beat Georgia Tech. Duke only has two losses. Louisville beat Duke. Uh, They have not played North Carolina. The Tar Heels are at three and two in the league. And, of course, they still still have a a hope of getting to the championship game against Florida State. Uh, Boston College has two losses. Louisville beat them. 
Uh, NC State has two losses. Louisville beat them. Virginia Tech has two losses. Louisville beat them. So if they win against Virginia tomorrow night, Phil, uh, there there's a there's a really good chance that you'll see them versus Florida State in the ACC championship game. Now, North Carolina still has Duke coming up this weekend. Again, one of them is going to get their third loss, and that more than likely is going to eliminate them from the conversation. And then the Tar Heels have to go to Clemson next week. Or um, not next week. Yeah, next week, the 18th uh, before, mm-hmm. before Thanksgiving. And then they've got NC State. So they still got – and NC State's on the road. So North Carolina still has their work cut out for them this year. But uh, quite the resurgence for the Cardinals – uh, it um, it eight one five and one. Them and Florida State are a combined twelve and one in the league and seventeen and one overall. And it's shaping up like that's going to look like the the ACC championship game. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you you've got. I mean, Louisville really did position themselves with the right head to heads. <laughs> but yeah. you know, you still got and North Carolina. I think is the only one that really could make a push. Assuming that Louisville stumps its toe, I'm assuming Miami would be where that happens. Probably not, not Virginia. But I, I don't know. Virginia's imagine. been playing a little spirited here lately. But uh, I don't think they'll be able to take out Louisville. Not the way they handled Virginia Tech last weekend. Um, Louisville, I think, woke up and realized, hey, we got a shot at this, boys. We need to, <laughs> we need to get it in gear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't foresee that that happening at all so that that but that so that matters tomorrow night you know thursday night football in the acc um that that gives you something with something on the line to pay attention to southern miss is having a tough year as well they're on the road at uh at uh, louisiana and then um friday night football again as well but our gamecocks will take on vanderbilt at noon coming up on saturday the line is down now to uh 13 and a half that's not the it's not the only important the, the noon slate. This one outside of Gamecock fans and, and what's left of Commodore fans uh, will, will probably be lightly, lightly viewed by the rest of the nation. To put that politely, uh, one and eleven combined <laughs> between the two teams. Phil five and fourteen overall. You got Michigan on the road at Penn State on Fox in that noon hour. I. I Alabama's at Kentucky, and, and of course, we're gonna we're gonna talk about this game tomorrow with Mike, and we're gonna talk about it again. We'll pick it on on Friday. I don't think. Look, I'm not saying at all that Bama is gonna hit the road and go get beat by the Wildcats. First of all, that would be a just not good thing for the Gamecocks. So you're pulling for Alabama. Um, yeah. But it, but it's, but it's a noon kick in Lexington. Bama's a ten and a half point favorite. I, I just, it, it has the feel of, you know, now that Kentucky is bowl eligible at six and three, three and three in the league, that's going to be a. You're playing early, but it's, but they're going to be ready to go. You know, Kentucky yeah. is. They're going to be live, loud, and and proud, and the whole nine yards. So I, I. I I think Alabama's playing really well. I think that they're going to be okay. I'm just saying it, it you know, it's worth paying attention to in, in in my view at least. Um and then on Fox Sports 1 you got an interesting one too. T- Texas State is on the road at Kansas and Kansas at 16th in the country, 7 and 2 overall is only a 4-point favorite over the Red Raiders in Lawrence. Um Georgia Tech is at Clemson at noon on ABC. The Tigers are two touchdown favorites in this game. 
you know, Clemson looking to try to get on a little roll here after winning last week against Notre Dame, having Georgia Tech come in, then next week having the Tar Heels come to town, Clemson trying to get it going before they make the trip to Columbia at the end of the season. So, so the noon slate is important for the Gamecocks because you've got, after this game, your next two opponents are playing at the same time you are this weekend. Kentucky hosting Bama, Georgia Tech on the road at Clemson. Phil, so it'll be important to see how they how both those programs look in those games. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, you, it wouldn't surprise me to see Georgia Tech jump up and get Clemson, but you, you know, I'm, I wouldn't. I don't think I'd pick it. Um, not after you know them looking like they rebounded as well. It was a big rebound week last week for some of these teams and some wake ups. Um, but that Alabama Kentucky game is interesting and. You know, I, I don't know. I know we're going to talk about it in the next couple of days, but that one's just got, you know, like a siren, you know, like a, like a flashing light on it for me. Like, eh, it might be. Could trip somebody up. Could trip yeah. somebody up. <laughs> yeah. Just, and it would be just, interesting. Like, I just feel like there's going to be some sort of narrative in this college football playoff this year, being the last four year. I mean, last 14 playoff. Something unprecedented might happen. You know, some or or not necessarily unprecedented, but something that doesn't happen very much will happen. Like a conference gets in that typically doesn't or hasn't in a long time, or a conference gets left out that may have never been left out <laughs> of the fourteen playoff. You mean like the SEC potentially? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I it it's it's becoming at least in my my view increasingly more difficult to see that because. As well as Alabama's been playing, uh, you know, Georgia's Georgia is still Georgia. When they want to cut the faucet on, they cut it on. Um, yeah, you know, Missouri gave them all they can handle last week, but but the dogs they got Ole Miss this week, and that's boy, that's gonna be fun to watch. I can't wait to get home and see that. Um, mm-hmm. And then they got to go, they got to go to Tennessee, and then they got to go to Georgia Tech, and they're not gonna lay down on that one either. Tech's having a nice little rebound year under under Brent Key. If I had to make a prediction, I would say that the dogs are still going to get in there. Uh, if it were selected today, they would be in there because last night the second college football playoff rankings uh, were distributed to the rest of the nation. Ohio State remained. As a matter of fact, none of the eight, none of the top eight changed. Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, Washington, Oregon, Texas, and Alabama. Ole Miss now, of course, up to nine. That makes that a 2-9 matchup Saturday in Athens and Penn state back into the top 10 at 10. And then there's Louisville uh, sitting there at, uh, at, at number 11, the, the biggest movers and shakers, the biggest one was Oklahoma state pouncing all the way to number 15 and just a couple of spots ahead of Oklahoma, who they took down in Bedlam last week. And then the, that Oklahoma of course is the one that fell the furthest as well, dropping eight spots, but there are three new teams in the rankings this week, Arizona, which has had just a, a really yeah, wild year. Yeah. yeah. Arizona's in there. Iowa's back in there. And, and North Carolina's yeah, in there. <laughs> Do I know? Arizona's interesting. I mean, that's just kind of out of nowhere. They're probably outside of, you know, the confines of the university, probably zero expectation for this team coming into this year. And then, you know, being able to like really put away some decent teams. Or at least ones that, you know, were kind of, you know, hyped up here preseason. So you just never know how all this is going to play out. 
but you know, you definitely don't want to play them right now. <laughs> you know, Arizona is sitting here trying to figure out how they got beat by Mississippi State. That Mississippi State right. when <laughs> that's that's state state, that's a great win for them right now. I mean, um they lost that was week two when mm-hmm. the Wildcats made the trip to Starkville. They got beat by a touchdown. Their their other two losses are against Washington and on the road at Southern Cal, where they lost by two points. They should have won the game, and they lost to Washington just by a touchdown. So, you know, outside of that, they've really taken care of business. They 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 opened the year three and four, and their wins were only against Northern Arizona, UTEP, and Stanford. But since then, I mean, dude, they went to Washington State when they were in the top twenty, and they beat them forty four to six. That's what started the spiral for the Cougars. They hosted eleventh ranked Oregon State. And they beat them 27 to 24. And then last week they beat 19th ranked UCLA 27 to 10. Now they've got the trip to Colorado this week. And it's a shame because all the steam that was around the Buffaloes to start the year, you you saw that that fade away. And now most of the country's kind of pulling against them. At least I know I am. And they're 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 struggling. I don't know if they'll make a bowl game. They're just one in five in the league. Dion has made some as we all know, some rather interesting moves. But the game's on the Pac-12 network at 2 o'clock, 11 a.m. their time. So you can't watch it. Uh, so, you know, be interested to see what happens there. And then they've got Utah. Then they got to go to Arizona State, and Arizona State's terrible. So it's a nice little – it's a nice turnaround. That Arizona's going to end up having a nice season. And then you got North Carolina who dipped in there at, uh, at 24. So for the Gamecocks right now, they've got six losses. And their losses, as of today – are against on the road against number two Georgia. They got beat on the road at number thirteen Tennessee. They got beat on the road at number fourteen Missouri, and they got beat in a neutral site game against twenty fourth ranked North Carolina. Those are four of their of their six losses. Doesn't excuse the Florida loss, and Texas A and M of course is not included uh, in that either. So. Of the six losses, you know, they, they've gotten beat by teams away from their own ballpark, and all of them ranked in the in the top 25. I, I guess if you want to look at it that way, that, that might relieve a little bit of your heartburn, uh, but uh, maybe not maybe not a lot, but it's at least it's something worth pointing out. Yeah, I mean, it just confirms that strength of schedule talk that, you know, happens at the beginning of every year. I mean, it is – you you cannot say that this team does not run through one of the toughest gauntlets that there are every year. <laughs> I mean, just it's nuts, and it's not it's not getting any easier. <laughs> no, no. It's and it's never getting, going to get easier. No, it never will. But that's not you know what you sign up for. I mean, that's you you just you know. I mean, I enjoy it. I love watching the big time matchups. I love seeing us compete with big time teams, and it's just you. Man, it's been it's been frustrating this year because there's been times where it just doesn't look competitive, right? And then it, yeah. you know, looked like it was competitive for a half or competitive for a couple of quarters. You know, it's just that's what's been all the more frustrating is you've had some potential for decent showings this year, and for one reason or another, um, just haven't been able to to pull through on some of those big time victories. Yeah, it's uh, it's been tough, but Carolina looking to get two in a row this weekend. Jacksonville State and Vanderbilt are 
not very high on the totem pole in the eyes of many, and understandably so, but two in a row right now means a lot because Kentucky and Clemson loom, and uh, getting to a bowl game is quite important, I would say, for this uh, for this program in year three under, under Shane Beamer after everything it's been going through. Again, we've got a, a boatload of questions here that we're going to get to, and the chat box has uh, plenty in it as well. Uh, some 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 stuff in there about uh, Juice Wells. Uh, I have a question about Juice Wells that has been asked. You can submit a question as well on the Chief Sports app in the Connect section. You can send it right to me. You can send it to Phil. You can send it to whoever you'd like to, and we'll get it out there. Uh, so we'll hit a quick timeout, and we'll begin to empty the mailbox when we return. Matt Anderson is ahead. We have agree or disagree today as well and much, much more. Don't go anywhere. We're glad to be here. It's hump day, Wednesday, inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barndo Co. We'll be right back. Hey, Gamecock fans, Mike Morgan here. During my time in Columbia, one of my favorite places to eat was Salsaritas. When I go back now for work or any other reason, it's still Salsaritas. Yeah, I'm like you. I love tacos. I love Tex-Mex. Where are you going to go to get them? Well, you've got two convenient Salsaritas locations, one in Lexington in the Target Center and one in West Columbia as well. Now, if you like tailgating, and who doesn't? Whether it's for a football game or anything else, they've got the catering hotline. Get yourself some Fiesta packs to take tailgating. Get yourself the Three Amigos bundles for tailgating. They make catering easy with a fresh, hot setup. And again, you just call the phone number, 803-543-6297 to set it up. You can also look them up online, or you can even download the app. Salsaritas is just a cut above the rest. That's why they're serving williams Price Stadium and the South Stands, also serving in the Colonial Life Arena. Again, that catering hotline number, make it easy for you and the folks out there. You don't need to settle for sandwiches. Which is every time 803-543-6297 803-543-6297 Shop Charleston Fitness Equipment this holiday season Major discounts on treadmills, rowers, ellipticos and more Proud partners of Carolina Rise Inside the Gamecocks and the Chief Sports Network CharlestonFitnessEquipment.com 843-388-0999. Charleston Fitness Equipment this holiday season. This crowd, the atmosphere that's going to be in that stadium, ready to explode just as they do each time. They're fighting game time are introduced. And so this frenzied crowd ready for the kickoff. The rave breaks out in Columbia. And what you're about to see is a spectacle unto itself. Let's enjoy. Uh, night kicks return for King. Kentucky, a reminder on the 18th, a 7.30 kick on the SEC Network, and it will be preceded by Darude in Gamecock Park. That will be a wild day in the capital city uh, if South Carolina can get through the Commodores this weekend, as they should, at uh, Williams-Brice Stadium. Welcome back, Phil and JB here until 2 o'clock today. Matt Anderson coming up here in just a little while as well i mentioned it just a little while ago we'll mention it again 30 percent off all short sleeve t-shirts right now 
at Gamecock Traditions, both online and in the store. So if you're in the Columbia area, you can pop in there. If you're not, you can go to GamecockTraditions.com, or we've made it really easy. Just go into the Chief Sports app, and you can pull them up right there in our partners section and order, and they'll ship it right to your doorstep. The discount will be applied when you're checking out, and we're very thankful for the entire staff, our friends over at uh, Gamecock Traditions out in Lexington. All right, uh, Phil, from the mailbox uh, here, again, a lot of these have been asked over the last couple of weeks and just haven't had a chance to get them. Uh, Certainly appreciate everybody who who submits questions and comments and concerns. That connect button in the Chief Sports app is very, very important. For those of you that don't browse the app, by the way, just so you know, we've worked really hard on that thing. Um, Please use it. There's a lot of good stuff in there. Please use it, and and um, you can contact us and, and see all the things that our great partners have around here. You can watch all of our shows. You, you'll be shocked to hear soon some things that we're going to be adding. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, please use it and, and, and share it with people. There's a little button in the upper right-hand corner. You can share the app with your friends and family, neighbors, enemies. I don't, We don't care, um, but uh, <laughs> we, we really, uh, really appreciate those that do. All right, Marquise in the uh, mailbox, Phil asked, I think this was a few days ago, can Juice come back next year? Does NIL help in this case? He can. Does it help? Yes. Of course it does. Um, it does. It's, it's, and that's a good question. You know, NIL is, look, behind, behind, the, behind the scenes, we're, we're lucky enough to have pretty good contacts. All right. And, and I have to, I'll, you know, probably, you know, I don't think I'm any different from anybody else. A lot of the information I receive just can't, you're not, I'm not even supposed to have it. So I'm not going to talk about it. Um, so, you know, there's always a lot of stuff that flies around, but, you know, NIL is largely, there's, there's a lot of ways to have the conversation about NIL. One, there's still, I don't even know how many people that literally don't get it. They just don't. You know, they don't understand it because there's no structure to it. They understand, I'll just keep the the example very simple here because we're a Carolina program. They understand the Gamecock Club. You pay your money, you get your tickets, or you get your seat selection, and then you get your tickets. Maybe you get a parking pass, depending on what level you're in in the Gamecock Club. Uh, you get different benefits and things like that. Pretty simple. Uh, you might not feel it at times like you get a return on your investment based on the product on the field, but when you pay your money, you do get something. You get tickets. You get points. There, there's a structure. You know where the money's going. The money goes to the Gamecock Club. They tell you what they do with the money. It's, you know, it. so you you know. But, but again, at the end of the day, I think a lot of people don't care about necessarily exactly where every penny is going. They're paying into the Gamecock Club to get what they want out of it, which is tickets and points. A lot of people don't know where the NIL money goes. It doesn't matter how much JC has sat around here and, and, and told everybody this is – where it's going this is 100 percent of this and that and the other it's still brand new you know that's not anybody's fault that's not what i'm getting at here it's actually nobody's fault anybody that doesn't understand nil 
you know, maybe some of them have just chosen not to understand, but most of them don't understand because it's different everywhere because there's no structure. So it's not anybody's fault. Um, so it's largely viewed as, is you know, like when, when that happens, it becomes very negative. And, and we hear all we hear all the juicy stories, right? No pun intended. But Phil, like the things that we hear are this kid is looking to get out of this school and he's looking for X number of dollars and NIL money. And this program comes out of nowhere and they've got him a deal for whatever the amount is. And it's basically, you know, a backwards way of recruiting or um, what used to be under the table is now on top of the table because it's legal. It's shady as hell, but it's legal and all this that, and the other. By the way, a lot of those deals that get cut, they're still under the table deals going on. I mean, we can't be naive. You can't bury your head in the sand on that, right? Yeah. So still, it's always so, been there so that, and always will be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's not going. It's just not going anywhere. So, uh, all right. So that's one side of it. The other side of it is the side in which, you know, guys like Juice Wells are on. Okay. They've got a red shirt year. They're, Juice Wells is going to play in the NFL. Uh, he He's that good. And we all know that. We've seen it. But if the numbers don't make sense to go to the NFL and you feel like you are in a good place both both uh, physically and mentally and the numbers help on the NIL side, that will, that will help keep kids in college. Now, I'm not saying that this is 100% true. I don't believe that it is at all. But well, you go back to last year. I mean, name, image, and likeness had a, had an effect on both Juice and Spencer. And maybe previous times, previous years, they might have gone ahead and tested the the NFL waters just because you you had to take the chance from a financial standpoint. Would it have worked out? You know, we, we don't know. But we've seen that story a lot over the years, decades worth of, of that story, right, Phil? Where guys have you know, you're wondering, well, shoot, we've seen that around here a lot. Back in 07, guys like Emmanuel Cook declaring and heading off to the NFL, and it just never really worked out for him. Um, but, you know, the the risk was worth the reward versus the other. So NIL helps there. Um, now, so, so are we hearing anything? Yep. You're and I'll what? just leave it. um i wouldn't you know i think a lot of people think that when shane steps on that uh that podium that he's lying about juice wells he's not so you know we might see him again um so hopefully mark he's played in what i mean let's see juice wells played in two games this year is that correct he's he's played one or was it three just one one Oh, I thought he played. I thought he was in. Uh, I thought he had to play at North Carolina, but no. Okay, nope. Just the Georgia game. So oh. I mean, you know, if you if you do the math, I mean, I, I, I'm not saying that this is necessarily how it's going to work out, but you know, if you do the math, how many games can you play in and preserve a redshirt? I believe the answer to that is four. So, yeah, one, two, three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do the math. Um, so we'll see. All right. Uh, also in the mailbox, mailbox, Mr. Gamecock. 
If Beamer doesn't go to a bowl game, how short is his leash in 24? Our schedule is harder than this year. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, um, he's not on a short leash in 2024. Um, Shane is, is, is gonna, he's, I mean, look, dude, if they, if they lose these next three games, um, he's on a leash, but I don't think he's on a short leash, Phil. Do you? I wouldn't think so. I mean, you run the risk of here's here's what one thing that's interesting to me about this conversation, JB, is a lot of these people who were like Beamers on a short leash are the same people who say Ray Tanner can't hire anybody. So, I mean, you want Ray to get rid of him and then not hire somebody <laughs> because I mean, that doesn't make any logical sense whatsoever. Um I mean, the other thing is to consider here is that in this new day and age with NIL and the and the transfer portal and all of that, I mean, you know, you could go out and, and fill in some really good gaps that you have this year, and the staff is going to address those needs as well as it can with all the resources available to it. Um, and you don't want to find yourself lost in that, you know, coach carousel hell of like Tennessee recently or you know Florida has been through is that what you're looking for I mean because here the thing is you can rotate coaches through Florida and still win you know seven eight games a year you start rotating coaches through South Carolina this is not a premier destination for these kids you, right. you have to sell this place to get top talent that is out of state and you just need to give the young players on these teams the ability to develop uh, and coach Beamer as well, being that it is his first head coaching job time to develop as well. And I think while I have zero information about what's going to happen personnel or staff wise, um, I do have full confidence that, Beamer is going to address those issues in the offices. Yeah, well, I've, we've got a question on that coming up as well. I Look, I hate questions like this because I'm not an AD, and, you know, a lot of people like to spin their wheels and, and fussing and discussing who should be fired in hot seats and blah, 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 blah. I don't know. I'm just not, yeah, yeah. not much into it. But um, if he doesn't go to a bowl game this year, again, it, you know, if you, if you get beat by Vanderbilt, you get beat by Kentucky, you beat, get beat by Clemson, uh, regardless what the, sch the schedule is going to be hard every year. So I, I don't ever really look at the schedule and grade it. You know, it's, it is what it is. I mean, you, you just, you yourself have to be better period at the end. Like it, you can't look at the schedule and start picking apart wins and, and all that stuff. Um, so, you know, would, would he be quote on a leash? Well, of course he'd be on a leash. I mean, you know, if he came out next year and got beat by old dominion, I, I would venture a guess that things probably aren't going very well around here. Um, but, um, but how short would it be? I, I don't think it would begin to be very short. So, yeah, if things change and they think they change quick, I don't anticipate any of that happening. Um, and certainly understand why people ask questions like that. You know, I mean, look, it's the, the questions are being asked because of the success that Shane set himself up for. I mean, he he came in in, in 2021, got the thing turned around after they went two and eight in 2020. Went to a bowl game, won the Mayo Bowl. Last year, the way that they finished in a flurry and, and go down to the Gator Bowl, got beat by Notre Dame, but clearly, you know, beating Clemson, beating 
Tennessee, beating Kentucky, beating a I mean, he's had a lot of success early on. And then this year they've just had, you know, so much adversity to get through. And and I and I agree with you. I, I do think I anticipate there being some staff changes and things like that. But um, when it, it's just too early to have, in my opinion, Mr. Whoever that is, Mr. Gamecock, um, it, it's really the the it's a it's a it's a it's a non-starter at this point in time. It's just a non-starter. Now let's get we'll get to the end of the season, and you could probably have the conversation as to how short it would be, long it would be, whatever the case is, and those type things. But um, but it's really more of a non-starter. So we'll just kind of kind of kind of leave it there. Um, in the uh, chat box here, uh, Harrison asks, what if the final record is 5-7 and seven with a win over Clemson? While that's disappointing, obviously beating Clemson would do a lot for the fan base. Yeah, look, nobody – You're so first of all, there's – and I'm not a big fan of this. I agree with what Mike Morgan had to say yesterday. If they finish the year 5-7, and seven, they, they could be in a bowl game, and if they finish the year 5-7 and seven and beat the Tigers in doing it, they probably will be in a bowl game at 5-7. and seven. Now – I'm not a big fan of that, like just from on the on the surface, you know what I mean? Like I don't if you're under 500, like hell, I don't really even think if you're at 500 you should be playing in the postseason, but it doesn't matter. Um but at the, at the same time, you know, let's say they they got to a bowl game whether it was down in Tampa or in Birmingham or whatever it is, and they went 6 and 7, it'd be this it you know, that that would be not a good record but a good finish and it'd be good for the program. And, you know, we all know how, how he is able to utilize the off season to create energy. And there's been a lot of energy already created just in the recruiting class itself. And so, and we'll see what happens from there with the portal and this that, and the other, which we actually have some questions about that as well. Uh, coming up here in the, in the mailbox, Phil. So, you know, what it, what it would do. So here's the thing, right? Like, there's always going to be that portion of the fan base who goes, I don't care if, and it's very small, like very small. I don't care if we go 0-11 and then finish 1-11 as long as that one is against Clemson. Like there, there is the that little piece of you that's like, yeah, we sucked, but we beat you because it's a rivalry. So that's always going to ease some of the pain when you struggle. It's a cherry on top when you're winning, right? Um, but you know, I think if that were the case, again, this is a hypothetical conversation, but Harrison asked it and he respectfully asked it. And I don't think it's a bad question because it, it, it's realistic that it could happen. If they did finish like that, I think once the dust settled and you look back, not making excuses, but you look back and you say, wow, look at all these things that they dealt with. Look at all these things that they dealt with. And somehow they found a way to to at least get that one at the end of the year and and survive some type of debacle. Because if you call Shane anything, it says he's been here, he's a survivor. They've been figuring it out, just trying to – they've been climbing out of the gutter since day one, right? <laughs> yeah. I right. mean – been piecing it together, you know, all year yeah. long. All year long. Yeah. It's been very scrappy. So – you know that there there would be a lot of positive in that, regardless of the record. Now, I'm not saying that that's 
that's the best case scenario or anything like that. Basically, we all know what that is. You just keep winning games, and we'll see. But uh, yeah, but I don't, I don't think this year that the you know this year didn't start with expectations of oh well just beat Clemson. I mean you know because this this fan base mentality has shifted as it should have, like Spurrier said. You know, to you can't just beat your rival every year. That's not success. You know, it's it's on your list of things to do, but you want to achieve greater goals. Um, nine games into the season, when you're, you know, trying desperately to achieve bowl eligibility, if you could take some solace in what, you know, potentially could happen at the end of the season, then yes, beating your rivalry, just like you said, JB, is, is definitely something that would make everybody feel better. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to make the season feel good. And that's good, you know, because right. it's, you know, there was a time and we're all old enough to remember it when it was just like, man, just beat Clemson. And then that would, you know, that'll be what a good year that would be. <laughs> but there's been a shift in expectations around here for the better uh, because those for the better expectations are driving this program in the right direction, uh, albeit not as quickly as some around the fan base would want it to. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. And look, there's a lot of frustration going on around here right now. We haven't had any of these conversations this week because I don't think they matter. But And I'm not going to pick on Gamecock fan here in the chat box, but I, I'm not picking on you, so don't take this personal. But this question has been, or this statement has been made a lot. People are tired of Shane saying we've got to coach better. Must champions say, say the same thing. Well, what do you want him to say? I mean, honestly, like what it, when you're when they're losing, what do you, what do you want him to say? I mean, he's he's got to say something. Would you rather him say, you know, we're we're coaching great? Hey, I don't know what y'all are watching, but we're coaching we're coaching the best we can, guys. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, Listen, we're, we're, we're giving it like, everything we got. <laughs> it's these players that aren't responding. Yeah, my yeah I mean, you know, yeah. What do you, you want, want to I tank mean, the locker room to make you feel good? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. And again, I, you know, I, whoever that is, I, I don't want you to take that personally. And I know sometimes I can come off a little bit pompous when I, when I, you know, rhetorically ask a question like that. And I get it. But like, what, what do you want him to say? I mean, I know what we want or what the what everybody wants, and that is just to win games. Like, but you know, I've heard Shane Beamer, and I'm not defending him, I'm not his bouncer, I don't need to be. But I've heard Shane Beamer after wins say the same thing. Now, we, we we won, but man, we, we need to coach better. I mean, and they did win the game this past weekend, but they still need to coach better. So I mean, I don't really know what he's supposed to say. What is he? Does it? I, I, are there any any suggestions? No, no. I mean, you know, yeah. And Bobby's right. I mean, you know, it's the same group of people that would go after him if he started, you know, calling out players by name for you know not doing the right things. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, you know, it. it I, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I don't know what he's supposed to do other than just get up there and say, now look, some might not see here's the, and I knew that this was going to happen to him. I knew this was going to happen when adversity hit. And and this is not exclusive to the Gamecock fan base. This is everywhere. 
everywhere. Like, Shane was – everybody – not everybody. I'd say eight and a half out of ten because I know some people just don't like it. But most people sucked into the positivity when he came here. And this program needed it. I'm going to tell you right now. Mm-hmm. It needed it. All right? The players that played under Will loved Will. Loved him. Loved him. Like, loved Will Muschamp. There were some coaches on that staff they didn't love a whole lot. But overall, the program just had no energy. It was depleted, man. It was empty in that building. It was scary. And and everybody bought into the vibe of let's all stay positive and, and doing all this stuff. And people started buying T-shirts when he said find some joy. And that was all, all great. But I knew it was going to happen when he – when when they struggled at some point in time, you hoped it wouldn't, but at some point in time they, they probably would, and they have greatly this entire year. It's not really, in my opinion, been a a year where they have. I mean, some players individually have, and, and the offense has definitely gotten better. It's a, it's it's a well run offense under under Dow Loggins to the best that it can be, but overall, like they haven't taken another step. So they they have regressed a little bit overall when you account for everything. And now everybody's using that against him. <laughs> it's great when they're winning, but when they're losing, it ain't any good anymore. So, I mean, I, I just don't know what he's supposed to – I mean, I don't know. If you're Shane, just shut it down. I'm not going to yeah. do any more press conferences. Appreciate y'all. We'll see you in the, in the offseason. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. No, we're not doing this anymore. No. <laughs> yeah. I think he's got certain obligations, though. But he could get up there and Marshawn Lynch it, you know. Yeah. I appreciate you asking me. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate y'all asking me that. I'm just here not to get fined. Yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I just. It, it, it's foolhardy to think that the, the Shane Beamer you get behind the podium is the same one that the players are getting in the locker room. I mean, that's. Not well, the same guy. <laughs> it's it, 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 it's it's the it, so here's it, it, it's not it is but it isn't right like yeah it is but it isn't no yeah 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 and I, I see where you're going with this yeah yeah right I mean you know like you um we see Shane you know Shane just isn't he's testy about some things. And you know what? I'll, I'll I'll bet you. I don't know. I haven't talked to him about this, <laughs> but I'll bet you. You know, as he grows as a coach, uh, there'll probably be some self reflection as to how he would like to handle things differently down the road. Every coach goes through. That's not like I don't think I'm saying anything there that's outlandish at all. Um, you know, he'll probably look back and go, ah, "I wish I wouldn't have done it that way. Maybe I'll do it this way next time." Or as you get older, at least as I get older, I think maybe we, we all fall into this category in some way, shape, or form. Some of the things that used to bother you just don't bother you as much anymore. You know what I mean? You just don't react the way you used to react and things like that. That's just human. Um, so there's probably a little bit to that. Some of the things that that we, you know, watch Coach Beamer get up there and do and say and whatever whatever the case may be. But to your But to your point, Phil, just a second ago, you know, when he when he gets out there on the practice field, it, it's it, like if he carried that energy over to the podium when he's in front of all the cameras and all that type stuff, you'd probably wonder if he had a twin brother. 
because there there is a an accountability factor that he has um that is very uh you know you have to have that and and it is there and uh some things sometimes just don't you know don't go your way i mean it sucks i'm not trying to make excuses i hope it doesn't come off like that i'm not and i see gamecock fan you know there you go i mean you might be onto something there you know maybe just not answer some of the questions and and after the game do i don't know write your own story you you saw it would you see write your own story you know but but yeah. he has from day 1 and i don't mean from day 1 since being the head coach at south carolina i mean from from day 1 as in like when he became an assistant coach he's always engaged with people and um and and we've we know countless people i mean guys like michael haney you know who used to work in the media you know shane would you know ride through town and and text him just to say hello like he has a personable factor about him that he's not just going to lose overnight so like if people don't like that i don't know what to tell you i mean maybe don't watch your press conferences but i mean he's still going to be himself are you going to be any happier by not watching the press conferences or are you you know i mean you know yeah. And maybe you just need to turn it off because here and and going back to your earlier point is as I get older, there are things I no longer choose to expose myself to because yeah. I know they'll set me off. Yeah, <laughs> that's a mature emotional response. Yeah. So it's like, you know, hey, maybe we can all not find some joy, but grow the hell up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, you know, so, some of the things if I if and you never would. But if, if Coach Beamer ever asked me, you know, what would you do here? I'd say, you know, I don't know. Some of it, I'd say, I I, I don't have an answer. Next question. Just whatever, mm-hmm. you know. But, but he, he look, I have respect for anybody that does it their way. Don't always have to like that. Uh, the guy in the upstate did it his way. Didn't like it for years. Still don't. Uh, never really had too much of a problem with him until he got personal with an entire fan base in South Carolina after they lost their third game in a row to him. And then from there, you know, the, 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 he turned on the spigot of hate in Columbia. So everybody kind of does it their own way. And, you know, it, it, he's got his own way of doing things. I really could care less how he acts and doesn't act and what he says and doesn't say. Again, I, I would pose the question, what do you want him to say? We're sitting, I'm sitting here telling you, we, we, we really need to coach better. Maybe he's lying. Maybe he thinks they're coaching great. I don't know. But he's not standing up there saying that he's coaching great because, boy, how would that go? Well, look, guys, I think we're coaching really well. What do y'all think? Listen, you know? I, I know we, we're three and sixteen right now, but we're doing a great job. Yeah, I, I'm tell you what, you know, yeah. I mean, I and there have been coaches know. who have been like that, you know, that are like that level of positivity. You know, I mean, you find it at all levels, and not just in you know athletics, but I mean, you see it, you know, when in corporations and things like that mm-hmm. when they're failing they're like look we're doing a great job i don't know what's wrong <laughs> yeah yeah you know hey look i i don't know hey guys every time i walk in there i mean i thought we were perfect on saturday i thought we coached as well as we could well i mean anyways we'll leave it at this i i know we've got uh, a break coming up um just win gamecocks in the chat box says coaches use press conferences all the time to talk to their players subliminally I feel like the team could use a pick me up publicly from their head coach. I I, I think you you really you're really onto something. And 
and I, and I would agree with that because if if there's one thing that 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 this this guy understands, it's the exposure that these players have to the outside world. You know, there was a time where when you were in a locker room, when you were on a, a team, and, and wherever it didn't matter what level, high school, college, pro, whatever, you know, and um, and it, what happened behind those doors in that locker room on that practice field, whatever whatever the case was, you know, you you were you were insulated, you, you were insulated. You're just not anymore because as soon as you walk into your locker, you get into your car, whatever it is, you pick up your phone, you are exposed to the outside world. And the outside world is cruel, and when you're losing, it's worse. And we don't see a lot of, and again, this is not a South Carolina conversation. This is a general conversation. We don't see everything. We don't hear everything. How many of these players receive direct messages about how much they suck and this, that, and the other? It happens all the time. And just because they don't choose to expose these people publicly, maybe they should, but a lot of them don't, you know, they, they, this happens. And if there's anybody that understands that, it's Shane Beamer because he's very active when it comes to social media and those type things. Like he is really engaged in it more so than I ever would be as a head. If I was a head coach, I wouldn't even have social media. I just wouldn't. But he chooses to. So he understands it. He's engaged in it and he sees it and he knows, you know, what, what it's like out there. He knows when he tweets a welcome home that there are going to be 150 comments that say, this is awesome, go Cox, we love you. And then there's going to be another 20 that are like, you need to quit tweeting and worry about coaching and you know, quit taking your kids to eat dinner on Wednesday nights and get back in the locker room and fix it. Blah, blah, blah. He sees all that. So he's getting it. He knows the players get it. And to the point that we just got there in the chat box, when he stands up there on that podium, Phil, and he – is overly positive about his football team or as much as he can be, you know, those, those guys, all the stuff they're hearing out there, they, the stuff they hear in the locker room, they're being coached personally, intimately, those type things. His, his, that means their, their coach also isn't getting up there and throwing them under the bus like the rest of the world is, you know? So yeah. I, I don't have a problem with how he handles that stuff. I really don't. I really could care less doesn't matter it sure as hell didn't matter last year when they were beat Clemson and beating Tennessee and 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 you know no, nobody just nobody cared I mean nobody cared at all they don't care when you're winning they care when you're losing because whatever they come up with for, for their reason of caring and we'll leave it there yeah or I'll leave it there yeah I and mean, I agree you know, with you 76 have... nobody should message players but it's crazy <laughs> Yeah, I know. Yeah, it is, but it happens. As <laughs> it's it's nuts. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah. tell him. I'm gonna jump in his DMs and give him a piece of my mind, buddy. Yeah, you miss that hole on that third down, and that what yeah, lost man. us the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't yeah. block. You suck. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, it just, uh, it's we're just, paying it's you just, all this money. Yeah, yeah. Hey, look, man, and that's a. That's the, Pat DeMarco said it the other day too. You know, we are in a transition period right now, yeah. and, and and look, you know, players have to understand something. Like, you know, it, it's not always going to be roses and rainbows out there. You know, especially if you're, you know, you're you're out there trying to quote get the bag and you know get these NIL deals, and you know, even if you're not that type of kid, but but you are receiving some type of money via NIL because you've earned it. You know, like you're going to be subjected to extra scrutiny and you're going to have to learn to deal with it. 
You know, like that's the world that we wanted these kids to live in. And and I got bad news for everybody. It's going to the high school ranks too. You know, you want to start paying high school kids and NIL and this, that, and the other. Well, you better get prepared. You might not want to be the parent who's sitting in the stands when your 17-year-old's getting, you know, B-worded at while he's out there running around the football field and can't catch, but everybody in town knows he's got to deal with the local car dealership and they're yelling at him. That's, that's, it's coming. You know, you want to be a big boy? You want to be a big girl? Yeah, there you go. You're going to have to deal with it. So, like, I'm not naive to that. I don't think any of us should be naive to that. Um, no, yeah, there's two sides of it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. definitely. I mean, there's another side to this. Like, I understand that. Like, the, the criticism, like, but, but Shane's job is to protect his football team, and he's also to be himself. Like, don't be somebody that you're not. Everybody sees through that crap. Be who you are. And, and you know, I would applaud him for being who he is. You might want to hear him say something differently from time to time. Um, but, you know, I, again, I would ask the question, what do you want him to say? Because right now, I, it, well, you know, they, they haven't been coaching better. And they haven't been playing better. So... I'm glad he's not sitting up there saying that we're we're playing really well. You know, because I, I have yeah, it. Nobody, you don't want to hear your coach be out there. We're doing the best that we can. I don't know what more you want from us. We're doing the best that we can. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, uh, you know what? We can do better. Good. I'm glad. Thanks. All right. Let's see you get better. Plenty still in the I think that disconnects with a lot of people because most people are just like, show us results, show us results, show us results. And, yeah. you know, they could care less about the, the process. It, well, exactly right. And look, dude, like, hey, people are frustrated, man. Like, they, everybody thought coming into the year, the way they finished, another st- Rattler's coming back. Remember when he announced he's coming back and put the little Wolf of Wall Street video up? People are all fired up and it oh, yeah. felt like a big letdown. Like, it's easy to get emotional about that. I get it. I get it. You know? So I mean, You know, there's certain moments where you just remember, you know, exactly where you were, when they happened, and, yeah. you know, what. Yeah. yeah, it's just, you're emotionally invested in it. So, you have to realize that when you start talking about it and not let your passion <laughs> drive your conversation. Three words solve all problems just win baby just win just win baby that's right <laughs> all right end of the hour plenty to get to matt anderson's ahead as well i got off on a tangent there we got a bunch to left in the mailbox we'll open it back up when we return from the Sinorama studios hey folks it's jb and as we all know it's football season my favorite place to shop for myself and the family is Gamecock Traditions in Lexington. They have the widest selection of Gamecocks attire, plus all the cool accessories for tailgating, cooking, kids, shoes, hats, and so much more. Most importantly for me, you can order online at GamecockTraditions.com and it's shipped timely to your door. I've been shopping here for years and I hope you will too. Order online right now on the Chief Sports app. Go Gamecocks! 
Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're on Medicare currently or approaching eligibility, it's time to enroll in a Medicare plan that meets your needs. Palmetto Medicare is here to help you through the process. Palmetto Medicare's owner, Brian Spencer, and his team of experts are here to assist you. Learn about the benefits and enroll in the plan that will cover as many of your medical costs as possible. Some of the advantages of Medicare health plans may include a variety of plan choices, increased benefits, lower premiums, and more. Give Palmetto Medicare a call to discuss your insurance and help get the exact coverage for your needs today. Nana's Porch, nanasporch.com. At Nana's Porch, they cater weddings, parties, and all kinds of special events. Their meals are served buffet style in seconds. They're encouraged. Plus, they can bring their mobile food unit to bring on-site and serve your guests as a unique alternative for your catering needs. Inquire about rentals as well. Nana'sPorch.com. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 336-259-7550. South Carolinians, this message is for you, as well as for people in Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee. If you think you may need work done to your roof or a new roof altogether, there's one simple name to remember, Elite Roofing and Restoration. South Carolina native Jeremy Johnson has been helping people in the South make sure they have the very best people checking on and building new roofs for over 25 years. Fully licensed, bonded, and insured, they provide the best service possible. Call or email today, 678-781-1998. That's 678-781-1998. Or you can go to EliteRoofing.com. GA.com. Schedule a no-hassle free inspection today. Wind damage, hail damage, or just wear and tear. Don't settle for second best. Let Jeremy Johnson and Elite Roofing and Restoration take care of it all for you today.
national anthem at noon every day presented by billy g's carolina barbecue just amazing products by the way if you don't have their seasoning or their sauces in your home you're gonna need it to to, to order those uh, and you can head to billy g's carolina barbecue.com to do that just that also coming up on friday november the 24th this is going to be a lot of fun i really hope to see a lot of you there uh excited to be there beginning at seven o'clock the palmetto cocktail pregame party presented by billy g's carolina barbecue uh it is black friday night too much sylvia will be playing uh, you can buy your tickets i think they're 50 bucks that's not much it's not bad you get a couple of drink tickets heavy hors d'oeuvres and barbecue and a lot of it it's at the rock bridge club in forest acres up there in uh columbia and it's it will sell out there's gonna be a bunch of people there it's gonna be a great band uh and it will be celebrating the carolina clemson game of course it'll kick off hopefully hopefully on saturday night so people don't have to wake up early the next morning hungover because i imagine they probably will be after a party like this if you pull up the party well, button one good cure for that jb yeah, yeah, so if, if it's a nooner then you just wake right up you have you a couple of bloody marys and roll right on into some good singing. yeah that's the, cure. That's, that's the cure you, you keep the uh dixie pepper vodka nearby and you put yourself right. a bloody, bloody mary that's yeah, what look, you, you gotta plan all these contingencies out here i mean you know if you're gonna go into this you gotta have a plan i am well prepared i'll, I'll tell you that <laughs> Uh, the party section in the Chief Sports app, you can buy your tickets right there. You don't have to go searching around the internet. Just pull up the, told you we, we make everything very convenient for you with one app, one little button. Hopefully you've got it in your phone. Uh, click that party section and uh, and and get your, your college football weekend kicked off the right way. Uh, what, a, what a great weekend it is. Thanksgiving, watch football day, party that night, Gamecocks, Tigers coming up on Saturday. The Palmetto Cocktail Pregame Party presented by Billy G's Carolina Barbecue. I got to add to his uh, his seasoning. I put it on every. I literally put it on everything now, and I've got a, a turkey tenderloin right now that's got it on it. That's going to be smoked a little bit later on today. Mm. So um, you can buy all that through our app or billygscarolinabarbecue.com. Uh, I did see something I want to in the chat box. Want to correct here, Bird. Hope you're doing well. I uh, don't know if that's your real name or not, but no way NIL makes it into high school ball. Bad news for you, my man. Uh, it is permitted in thirty uh, about 30 states right now, and uh, it is under consideration in uh, six more states. Uh, so, yeah, it, it is, it's everywhere. And right now, South Carolina, uh, Alabama, Mississippi, Florida, Kentucky, Ohio, West Virginia – Vermont, Wisconsin, New Mexico, and Arizona, I think, are the only states who outlaw name, image, and likeness in uh, or prohibit it at the high school level. But all of that continues to come back up, and at some point in time, all of that, more than likely, if I had to guess, based on how things go, show me the money, will end up being permitted in all of these states. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's out there. It's out there. All right. Uh, Phil back to the mailbox here from David. I thought our linebackers are going to be better. Who coaches them? And do you think they are? I don't. <laughs> well, that's, you know, dynamite drop in money. Yeah. <laughs> one, 
one thing that has kind of clouded this defensive staff under Beamer is the fact that there is no dedicated linebackers coach. It happens to be a one, Mr. Clayton White, who also is the linebackers coach. And I know there have been people out there who have said that they're doing our that position group a disservice by him being the uh, position coach as well as the defensive coordinator. Uh, I don't know enough about coaching linebackers or uh, scheming up a defense to be able to say with certainty that that is a problem. Uh, but it does seem that that group could use some extra attention that may not necessarily be afforded by somebody doing two jobs. Yeah. So it's, a, yeah, it's really interesting um, because the linebacking core you've got, um, you have, I, I it, when, when you look at the defense, the guy who has developed the best is a linebacker, Debo Williams. Uh, I mean, they're only three and six. So where would they be without Debo Williams? Well, I know they'd be two and six, if not potentially one and six. And I mean, he he's just he, he's everywhere. I mean, has he made some mistakes? Well, of course he has. Everybody has, and everybody does. But overall, I mean, who's your defensive MVP? If it's anybody but Debo Williams, you're nuts. I mean, he's the best player over there. So and he's a linebacker. Um, you know, outside of that, look, you know, the the, the, the Mo Caba injury was crushing to that position. It just is what it is, man. Yeah, I mean, it's just devastating. I, I hated it. it. It just, I was so looking forward to seeing what he would look like on the field with these guys that had so much potential last year. Right. I mean, that, that was what it was. It was like, you've got this one known commodity that you've got coming back at a position group and then just get taken away from you. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's the, the similar narrative to juice wells, uh, but not at such a flashy position that we, we don't talk about it near as much. Yeah. And in two years in a row, I mean, that's two years in a row that, one of one of the one of the dudes, one of the big dogs you were planning on to come in and and be a leader on that defense and a playmaker, just just went down. So it t- it took depth out of there and uh, it took talent out of there. Um, I, I think overall, th- you know, this group this year has mostly, you know, been mediocre. And uh, and again, Debo Williams has has been special, but. Outside of that, I mean, Pup, I thought would probably be a little bit further along than he is. He's going to be a dude, though. There's no doubt. That guy is uberly talented. Um, but he's just really young. Uh, and, and the rest of that, you know, Bam Martin Scott, obviously we've seen, you know, Stone has, has just – he's just had a tough year. He's just had a tough year. It just really hadn't been that good. And um, he made a big play this past weekend that sealed it. There's no doubt. And maybe that – Helps him from a confidence standpoint a little bit. I, I know I had been told a few weeks ago that look, a lot of these guys are just they're just in their heads too much. They're, they're just they're just not playing well because they're not playing well, and then they're thinking about the fact that they're not playing well. So you know, if you can eliminate some of that and you just go out there and play ball, sometimes you get get a little bit better a lot quicker. We'll see. But um, who coaches them? Yeah, that's Clayton White. Now, so Clayton's coaching. Like I don't know if a lot of people know what his past is, uh, other than defensive coordinator at Western Kentucky, but historically 
you know, he's he's so he has coached running backs before, which is interesting. But historically, he's a secondary guy and a special teams guy. Mm-hmm. He he has it. That's that's where he's been. You know, so he's you know kind of getting back into taking over the linebackers. There's there's been some other guys on this staff the last couple of years who really have actually coached the linebacking core. Uh, Clayton has made that a point of emphasis for himself, um, per my understanding, and. I think overall it's it's it, it's been a little bit of a disappointment. So, because I remember when Stone Blanton was recruited here, and and you know ten out of ten people who knew anything about his recruitment were were so fired up to get him, and now everybody doesn't want to see him on the field. I always find that interesting, by the way. That's why I don't get too hung up in recruiting stuff. Recruiting stuff, but um, but um, you know, so so he's certainly had his struggles, Phil. But that's from David, and um, you know. I, I do. I think they're getting better. I think one of them has gotten better overall as a unit. I, I would say no. Um, Mark asks a little bit off topic here. Any update on the eleven ten project? Will we hear anything this November the tenth? <laughs> Thanks for all you do and go, Kyle. Mark, that had nothing to do with a date, my man. Uh, whoever <laughs> you are and wherever you are, that had nothing to do with a date. Uh, the eleven ten project was a term that was used as in like it's better than ten out of ten. It's eleven out of ten. Probably should have called it a 20 out of 10. Maybe that would have cured those problems. Um, I think they should lean into the 11-10 and do an update in two days. I think they should build it's a like, statue. Yeah, I mean, why not? Yeah, I mean, it really would. I mean, it would be – I don't know. It just <laughs> – you have the perfect opportunity. It's one of those things that the universe just presents you with this perfect opportunity to do yeah. something, say something, or act uh, on a specific time. So, yeah. you know. Even if it's just a, a small update, just throw something out there. Eleven ten, eleven ten update. <laughs> I, I would, I would anticipate we're going to get a lot more on that in the new year. Yeah. Um, let's just say that politics suck, but I know they're working their tails off on it. It's going to be phenomenal. It's, it's really going to be neat. Um, I think everybody pretty much knows by now what what's coming, but um, it's going to be really neat. So, Mark. Um, no update. And I'll just, that's all I got to say about that. That's all I got to say about that. All right. Uh, Sean asks, will Lenora Sellers play again this season? It seems to me like he would be a good option since we can't block (laughs) that. You know what? So let's, let's, uh, let's have a big boy conversation about this. I think that there actually is a realistic world that you could you can make an argument and i want everybody to um i i would appreciate it if everybody would understand what i'm saying here and i don't because i wouldn't do anything differently but i I, with the issues that they have had there's a realistic world that lenora sellers his skill set would fit better at times at times than Spencer's, and I'm clearly talking about his legs here. Um, you know, that's a perfect world. That's a perfect world. They, you know, go back to when Savelle Newton was injected into the into the line, Phil, and and it, you know he was literally in there because it was chaotic, and he could do something with chaos. So he could yeah. just run around and get out of there, and you know, turn a what would be an incompletion or a sack or whatever it might be into a seven yard gain, and keep the ball moving down the field. I, I think that there is a world in which we live that that is there's a lot of truth in that. In saying that, you absolutely 
cannot, and I, they absolutely will not and should not, and I'm not saying that like I'm telling them what to do. I'm just saying that it's it, – I get it. I think we all do. You cannot put Spencer Rattler on the bench. Number one, he's unbelievable. Number two, that really would really, really hurt you down the road. Well, Rattler went there and they put him on the bench because, I mean, Spencer Rattler, they put Spencer Rattler on the bench after all he was doing. They put him on the bench. You know, you can't do that. It's That, that, that ain't good. So, I'm not even insinuating that they would. They wouldn't. But the question was, will Lenora Sellers play again this season? Um, I, I, I mean, I think he will, Phil. I, I just think they didn't want to burn a red shirt if they could avoid. I actually thought he'd play last week if Carolina would have, you yeah. know, done maybe what they were supposed to do. Maybe Same. if they do what they're supposed to do this week, maybe he does play. I mean, you don't want to burn this kid, so they're not going to do it. Um, but I, I think he will. Yeah. What do you think? I think so. I, I don't think we'll see him this week, even if the Gamecocks are up, up, up. I really don't. I think, uh, I, I, what I can envision is you will see him in spot duty in specific situations where they think they can get the best out of his athleticism and mobility in the Kentucky and Clemson games uh, with the thought that a potential bowl game could be his fourth game this year. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. I, I think because yeah. you're deep enough into the season now that when you're looking at the roster, um, you have to start questioning, okay, how many games has this guy played in? You know, I mean, and, and strategically, what Sellers brings to the field is something that is unique to him alone in that quarterback room, right? I mean, there's no one back there with that type of athleticism. Um, And I don't think you want to just let it sit there if you feel like you can use it effectively while at the same time not burning a year of eligibility. (laughs) So it's like, I I don't think we'll see him Saturday, but if I were a, a betting man, I would put over under on, you know, I would go over on one snap for him in each of the following two games. Yeah, I, I um yeah, I, I think you will play and um I think that he like if you if see Spencer Rattler okay let me let's address that first. If if they get to a bowl game, I anticipate Spencer Rattler will play in the bowl game, regardless of what rumors swirl out there. I know I as well. I anticipate I he will so. play. Based on what I Here's the thing. Um, this guy could have quit on this team. Like, no he could have got hurt weeks ago. Could I mean, you know, especially when it was like he was the talk of the town, right? You know, you're like five, six weeks into the season. It's like Spencer Rattler's playing himself into a second-round pick, you know, and all this. Okay, well, you know, now next thing you know, Spencer's got an ankle, and, you know, <laughs> you don't see him again. Right. But he's not. He's out there. He's getting knocked on his ass every game, you know. Coming back, coming back, coming back, push, push, push. And it makes me feel like, you know, yeah, if this team does go to a bowl, he's gonna he's gonna be the guy out there leading him out on the field. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that he will play. 
if they get there. And um, but again, I, I also think that there's a world that we live in where, you know, we, we just saw last week, look, like Coach Loggins has not closed the book on anything with this offense. And we saw some things last week we haven't seen. They, they were debuted in the Jacksonville State game. So why on earth would we say anything other other than they're trying to find any way that they can to move the football and to put the ball into the end zone? And but they don't want to do it necessarily like at the expense of the future of a player either. Like you don't want to, you don't want a guy like Lenora Sellers to appear in five games this year and 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 play you know nine total plays and burn a redshirt because of that. That that would just be beyond idiotic, and uh, and they won't do that. So, but I do I do think if they feel like there is a, somewhere where he can help them, especially if the carry on joiner. His, he's out this week, and if his if his injury is going to linger and be around a little while, and God, I hope it's not because please tell me that's not the last time we've seen this guy wearing the garnet and black. He deserves a better exit than that. Um, yeah. But, it, you know, if there is a real scenario where he, he can't be that guy that they will plug in sometimes and whatever you want to call it, wildcat or whatever, you know, without jeopardizing Lenora Sellers' future and wasting a year, that's a spot where he could probably get in there and do some damage. Um, so I think he will. And that's a good yeah. question from Sean. Yeah, I like it. I think so too. I just think, you know, it's it's going to be – you got to have max effectiveness now because you don't want to, you know, waste his years. And Sonder with the – I wish we had a type of Tebow package for Sellers in the red zone. I, I – I wouldn't. I, wouldn't I would say, say that, that they're they probably. Yeah, I was gonna. I, I would say it, there's there's probably one out there. <laughs> let's let's just say that they've probably been working on. Yeah. Uh, you know, with a talent like that, and and you know that athleticism, you you have to plan for that. But unlike Tebow, he can't. You don't have two years to develop this guy unless you hit the portal hard and I don't know, you know, what the situation there is, but I mean, path of least resistance is that at this point is, uh, you know, Rattler leaves after the end of this season and, and sellers is probably the guy that is going to be in competition for QB one next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, you don't want to, you want to maximize what you have. And, and Tebow had, you know, that year to sit behind, Chris Leak and they could use him and and you know in more games than four, let's say. Right. Right. <laughs> uh no, I agree. Ed asked, does playing in a bowl game count against the four games? It does. They last year they there was a one time waiver uh that was granted, but that's it. Um it's it, you know, it does count. It does count. That was only a one time deal. Um so I know there's some confusion out there about that, but it 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 would count, yes. All right, it is uh twelve twenty three. We do need to slide to a a uh, quick break around here. Our friend, former All-American Michael Campbell, is helping young men and young women create the best swing they can with Soup's Swing Shop. You got to check it out. It's in the Chief Sports app. If you have somebody in your family, you're looking, they're a baseball player, softball player, looking to get better. You know, maybe need that extra attention in the off season. Yet, this, you know, February's coming quick. Tryouts, all of a sudden, high schools here or whatever it may be. Spring baseball. You know, maybe maybe you live in an area where there's not like one of these workout facilities. I don't know where that may be, but wherever you are and you're like, how do what do I do for this kid? How do I help him or how do I help her get better? Well, here's your solution. 
virtual lessons with Michael Campbell. He's killing it. I mean, 30 bucks, 40 bucks. Like, you can even buy the biggest package he's got, unlimited lessons for a year. And that's only $750. I mean, that's that's pretty good money. Boy, you're saving a lot by doing that as opposed to going somewhere for somebody who's probably not as good at coaching as he is anyways. So make sure you find Soup Swing Shop in the Chief Sports app. Glad to call him a friend. He was a hell of a player in South Carolina, and now he's helping young men and young women uh, be able to grow up. And hopefully, m- maybe one of those kids is able to break break a bunch of his records one day at South Carolina because he sure did set a lot of them. Soup Swing Shop's a great Christmas gift uh, for a, a young lady or a young gentleman who'd like to get a little bit better this offseason. Baseball isn't that far away. Neither is softball. Soup's Swing Shop. Time out. We'll be right back. Chicken cock originated in Kentucky, like so many other bourbons. And so the resurrection of it, you know, Paris, Kentucky, that's the county seat of Bourbon County. So much of this whiskey was being made in that Bourbon County, put on ships and barges and shipped down Ohio, down the Mississippi, and got to New Orleans where it got distributed all over the world. And people kept saying, well, hey, I want some more of that whiskey from Bourbon County. And so that's how bourbon whiskey uh, got its name. And Chicken Cock originated actually in Paris, Kentucky, which is today Bourbon County. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864 864- 414-5271 Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream and sometimes a nightmare. But at the Barndo Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy insulation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock owned. Gamecock operated. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go game packs. All right, 12-28. It is November the 8th. Yesterday was Election Day. I hope all of you got out there and did your civic duty voting. 
Did you vote yesterday, Phil? Put you on the spot uh, here. There actually, wasn't anything in my precinct to vote. Oh, y'all didn't have anything going on. Yeah, yeah. yeah no. Uh, it's it's rare that we have odd year stuff. Um, you know, sometimes there'll be like little. I don't know. Oh gosh, I, uh, the word escapes me. But yeah, no open offices. Let me put it that way. Mm-hmm. Not where I live, at least. Yeah, there are some in the city, I think, but we don't live in the city. We're outside of Greenville City. We're in the county, so you know, nothing here. Dude, this uh, poor lady in front of me, uh, she showed up, and John's Island is half city, half county. Well, not half, but part city, part county. And I probably couldn't even begin to tell you where those lines are necessarily drawn. But So she showed up, and, and, and she was older, and she was informed that she's in the, in the county. And so what she was there to, you know, vote for, she, she, she couldn't. And she didn't have a vote. <laughs> oh boy, she yeah. was not poor girl. I know. Uh, she, like, yeah. my, my daughter was like, Are you voting for the mayor this week? I'm like, No. <laughs> you don't care about who's going to be mayor? I'm like, Yeah, I care, but I, they won't let me. <laughs> yeah. Dude. It was, this lady was like, <laughs> It was a pretty, I felt bad for her. And I also felt bad for the people, you know, there's, there's, there's people that work the polls, you know, like they don't want any trouble, you know, like they're, they're no, volunteers, they're volunteers. And you see people, I mean, I've seen it before where people like they're not happy about something and they just start yelling at them and these poor people, you, you know, these little old ladies are working. They're like, I'm sorry. I, you know, I don't write the rules. I'm, I'm just trying to be helpful around here. Yeah, my grandmother did that for the longest time, and my stepdad actually does it every year now. And uh, yeah, some of the stories, <laughs> like you know, some people there's there's usually that one person who just gets so mad or something. It's I like, know, oh. man. Just yeah. I'm like it's crazy. <laughs> it is what it is. All right, uh, back to the uh, mailbox. I told you we had a lot to get through today. Um, Emily, hi, Emily. Uh, she asked, my favorite player is Mario Anderson. I thought I heard that he can come back for another year. Do you think he will? That, you know, if you had asked me this a month ago, I, maybe she did. I didn't look at the date of the question. Um, <laughs> I would have said probably, but I've got pretty good intel on this. And, you know, the NFL likes Mario Anderson. So, I, I do think that there's a – can he come back, first of all? Let's answer that question. He can. But I do think that there's a scenario where he, he might not. Um, now, if he does come back, you, you've got to figure that NIL is is probably going to be something that would be a big deal for him. At the same time, you know, he's a running back, Phil, and, and their shelf life, it, it's, it's just not there. And so – if he has a chance to go play and he feels like he's got pretty good information from somebody in the NFL, it might not be the worst thing in the world for him to go ahead and take that shot. Now, if he does come back, and there's another question I'm going to get, I lumped these two together intentionally, you know, there's a potential that the, the this room all of a sudden looks pretty good. Uh, Mario Anderson, I would anticipate, would be the starter, but it would be a little bit deeper and seemingly more talented than where they were coming into the, to the year. There's just so much to be determined because of the transfer portal, because 
you, you just don't think anybody's ever safe. Now, Mario Anderson is not a guy at all who's on the transfer radar. I mean, he's not he's already transferred in. He's not going anywhere. Um, yeah. But, you know, I mean, Juju has is being used more. I think he had, what do you have, nine touches last week. So that's good. And, you know, he's a guy for a while where I'm not exactly sure why he wasn't playing. I, I would venture a guess it's probably along the lines why Mario wasn't playing earlier in the year. Couldn't pick some things up. Didn't do some of the things well that they wanted to see him do, and he wasn't playing because of it. Same thing with DJ Braswell. We saw him in the game last week too. Um, you know, so if if let's say let's say all right, let's 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 play the game, right? Perfect world, perfect perfect world here. All three of them come back next year, and you add Matthew Fuller, who, according to Connor Shaw, is a dude. And um, and then again, this is the perfect world. On January the 6th, Daniel Hill is going to announce on national television his choice between the Gamecocks, the Vols, and the Tide. They grab him. Looks a little different, doesn't it? Uh, looks a little different real quick. So, he can come back. Do I think he will? I would say that's probably 50-50, based on what I know. 50-50. That's interesting. I, I'm not surprised that the NFL – has an eye on him. You got to figure like anybody on this team that shows that next level talent, like is going to start getting noticed just by virtue of the fact that we have a quarterback on the roster who's got NFL eyes on them, you know, and these scouts are going to, you know, watch everything that goes on. And they're like, damn, that guy, he's a hell of a running back. And he has all the skills you need at the next level to be what, you know, is that, three down back um but he just hated because that one that, that one's kind of scary jb and that because of the way the league treats running backs it it gives you know younger guys or guys that still have like a year two eligibility in college as well as you know how prone that position is to injury to jump mm-hmm you know, and I don't blame them. I mean, because it's like you, you know, you're not going to get out of that rookie contract a lot of the times as a running back in the NFL. Uh, but those rookie contracts, you know, in the earlier rounds, if that's where you're projected, are going to are going to be a lot more than what you're going to make at NIL at the college level. <laughs> a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's exactly. Um. Let's hope the perfect world scenario comes true here, Phil, for the Gamecocks. I hope yeah. what's best for Mario comes true. I'll be honest with you. I think that um, he's he's just an outstanding, outstanding dude. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then that leads to Justin's question. My uh, Any news on running back recruiting? Why can't we get any running backs to play here? Is it hardesty? Well, that's a lot. There's a lot going on in there. I just answered some, some of that. I mean, obviously, uh, Matthew Fuller. Matthew Fuller might be a guy based on what a, I guess kind of Coming from JC and some of those guys, you probably end up potentially seeing as a more of a four star at the end of this thing if you're big into the star system. Um, why can't they get any running backs to play here? Well, they've got. I mean, they, they they have running backs. I mean, they they missed in the portal last year. The kid that went to NC State, Diggs went to LSU. Um, certainly feels like they could miss on Daniel Hill, although that's increasingly looking better. 
Is it Hardesty? Look, I, I think with Monterio, I'm not afraid to have this conversation because I know the popular thing is to bag him and tell everybody to fire him and move on. I, I don't know what's going to happen in the offseason. When I watch the running backs play since he's been here, overall, collectively, Phil, they're, they're not bad. I mean, I think Joyner was too big. I think they bulked him up too much, and I don't think that was fair to him. He probably could have played running back at the weight that he was. So Quandre yeah. White was all right. Kevin Harris, when he wasn't hurt, was all right. Uh, I'd say Mario Anderson's come along pretty well, mm -hmm. right? So, I mean, you know, I, 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 I'm not, I, I don't, man, I'm not buying into the like that side of it. Now, can he recruit? He got some work to do there. Yeah, they haven't been able to sign enough players. Um, and they've they've missed on some, and 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 you know what? And here's the thing, you know, we we don't. I mean, we know some, but not all of the reasons with some of that might be more to it, if you know what I mean. And we've already talked about nil and things like that earlier today. So, you know, I, how big of a how big of an issue is is Martin? And I'm not. I don't know. Justin's asking the question. Is it him? It's a fair question. When when a position group struggles, you what do you do? I mean, the first thing you do is go question the coach. You know, I don't know that that's unfair. I think that's fine. But um, I'm not – this is just my opinion. I'm not one of the ones that's going to go all the way down that road, Phil, and just – well, they got, they just need to fire him and this, that, and the other. I mean, I, I've heard otherwise on some things. And, and when I look at the guys that have played collectively, you know, I feel like they've all gotten better. I just feel like on the recruiting trail they've they've missed some names that certainly would have helped them um this season of course i don't know how much would it have helped them this season he, he, you know it, it can't block anybody either so yeah right i mean there's there's a lot of moving pieces there i mean and i get it uh you know the the, the fan base is upset that hardesty well the mouthy ones right and you want to see him gone mm -hmm. um but i like your point in that when you look at it i mean these guys are have improved they've developed uh, I think the biggest issue is you're, you're having to keep them too. I mean, here you are, you know, it's a skill position player. So if you've got somebody, you know, who's chasing the bag and willing to go, you know, across the country to do so, you know, you're going to get into a bidding war and how much, how much you willing to pay. Um, but recruiting wise there, there should be more youth in that room. I mean, period. It, it whatever that looks like, but there should be more youth in that room. Uh, yeah, and there will be. Look, they're gonna have. Yeah. They're gonna have. They're gonna have guys. I mean, they're, they're gonna. They're gonna sign. Guys. They don't have a choice. They have to. They have <laughs> right. To. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You're gonna have to do it. You have to. Whether you mind the you know portal or whatever, but it would be nice to see, you know, a couple of good high school prospects come uh, via the more traditional route. Let's call it. Yeah. I would, I would, I would agree with that. Thank you, Emily and Justin and all of you. We uh, do have a, a, a one more question, or actually, two more questions from Ashton and uh, from Mister Rick. He's not even Rick; he's Mister Rick Phil. Mister, so we, uh, we appreciate Mister Rick dipping into the Chief Sports app and and uh, asking a very simple question: Any transfers? Uh, and Ashton asks about Clayton White. It is 12.40. We need to take our final break of hour two. I did see one other question a little while ago. Where's Matt? Are we not good enough for you? Who was that? Who was that? Yeah. It was somebody I know. That was too. Craig. 
Now, oh, I'll Craig. give it to Craig. Craig. Craig is a dedicated late night Gamecock show listener. Craig, I've had enough of you. You're in timeout, Craig. <laughs> Matt will be here in the one o'clock hour. Don't worry, man. Just chill. It's all good. It's okay. Craig, just grab your chicken cock, sit back, and relax. It's all good. And I'm talking about the bourbon. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Double on time. <laughs> hey, just, I don't generally do this. You know how I work, man. I could kill uh, no, this. I've kind of, taken a pause. I was like, that's usually coming from me or JC. So, well, yeah. <laughs> also, uh, I, I was scrolling through Twitter. At some I, Somebody had, had tweeted something. I was just kind of quick clicking along things. You know, like, there's always somebody. Um, there's always some. And, I'm hey, look, hats off to this cat for putting his name on it. Because most of the people who comment on Twitter, it's like, you know, like, Big T, 17936. Right. You know, like, they <laughs> nobody knows who they are. You can't find, you know. Like my name is there. There's pictures of me and my children. Like everybody knows who I am. Um, you know, we're the ones who say stuff and we get held accountable when we say it. And generally I don't call like names. I, I just don't, I could care less. These people are just whatever, but sometimes you just, it's our show, right? Like we can't, you can't cancel me. This Steven Marsha guy on Twitter who comments on everything from everybody all the time. We need to we need to hire this guy. He knows everything. If we don't hire him, Beamer needs to hire him. Somebody else will, right? Yeah. This guy is a genius. I can't believe. I think he's got six followers too. So all six of those people get to see every time he tweets something at someone. And Man, they are uh, killing it. With this, this guy. guy, this guy's a I mean, genius. Early, he's early genius. into this. Yeah, we got it. We got it. We got a. We got to look up the uh, the the history of this guy and and try to bring him into the fold here and at least he put his name on it. I'll give him credit for that. Um, unbelievable. Un- some some people were just blessed and he is one. He's a genius, guys. I would suggest you go find him and follow him. You're going to learn something. I promise you. I promise you. That's that's who you, that's Tyler, who you want to fall in line with. It's Steven. It's Steven. Is Garcia's burner? This guy, what a oh god, what a clown! All right, twelve forty-two. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service. Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Sinorama Columbia and Go Gamecocks. Charleston Fitness Equipment is keeping South Carolina in shape. Clients have come from all over the Palmetto State to find that one piece of equipment that they enjoy that keeps them looking and feeling good. Whether it's a home rower, treadmill, elliptical, free weights, a home gym, or something else, Charleston Fitness Equipment keeps the mirror smiling back at you. Get in shape like the Gamecocks do. Visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com. Gamecock owned and operated and proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. 
Cold Joe here. And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well. And they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online. Nana'sPorch.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O signing off. Endless summer. Go Tiger. For chicken cock, we get a medium to medium plus toast. The char level. We use a number three level char. If you char it too deep, you start burning away some of those flavor components that you just created. If you just char a barrel and you don't toast it, you're going to create some of those flavors just on a thin layer just inside the char, but not the actual depth and full extent of flavors uh, that you're going to get if you toast it properly. All those elements, that's exactly what they do. They boil down to great flavor. If you're in the real estate market in the low country or even in the Midlands, please contact me, JB, with Coast to Coast Realty SC. Go Gamecocks. This break is presented by Billy G's Carolina Barbecue, the state newspaper's 2023 winner for best catering, best barbecue, and best food truck. Visit BillyG'sCarolinaBarbecue.com for all of your catering needs. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is. Thunder, feel the thunder. Lightning and the thunder. Thunder. Man, I'm oh, telling you, <laughs> that dude is—he is—he is special. I mean, we've seen a lot of great receivers around here, and I mean, if you put him straight line race next to Troy Williamson, and I get it, like we all think Troy was probably the fastest ever ever do it when you got him in the straight line—not the quickest, but the fastest. I don't know that Xavier doesn't take you down, man. I mean, this this kid is – the thing that I love about him, too, is he's so blue-collar. You know what I mean? He's so blue-collar. Works his ass off. Yeah, I mean, you know. He's got a great great kid. I know that the the town of Mullins, South Carolina, is just through the roof excited for the future of of uh, Xavier Leggett, we we had the chance to get to know him a little bit in the off season. Uh, wonderful, wonderful human being is he's going to play a long time in the NFL. Really good, yeah. really good, really good. Wow, so cool! All right, welcome back inside the Gamecocks. The uh, show we are powered by Electric Bikes of Charleston. Electric Bikes Charleston dot com what a what a great big christmas gift electric bites of charleston you don't have to be in the low country to to buy one you you do realize that you can go to the website call michelle certainly probably might want to come down and test ride it but uh you don't have to be from here to buy one um but the reason that people come from everywhere is because of their service 
and uh, because of their prices. ElectroBytesCharleston.com. You do the homework on your own. Uh, I assure you, you'll, you'll figure it out quickly. Their service, their warranties, and their pricing, it all adds up to one of the greatest deals you can get. Craig said uh, Demir Bird could fly too. Yeah, well, yeah, he could. Yeah. <laughs> um, this cat, man. I, man, when you, you... It's going to be interesting. First off, there will be a sign out in front of the town of Mullins saying that the hometown of <laughs> this, Xavier. This Le- is the hometown of Xavier Lee get. And then you're going to hear when he does move up to the next level, the, you know, where he raced whoever the fastest person on the team. You know, I mean, it's just going to, it just sets up so nicely for that straight line. I mean, you know, yeah. 22 miles an hour. Yeah. I mean, he just, that's unfathomable. (laughs) And how well he catches the football now too. I mean, it's, it's very natural. And at the end of last season, that was, that was one of the things. Well, it's the thing that stood out to the naked eye the most from a fan's perspective. You know, he he seemed to have yeah. – uh, he was a little shaky being able to hold on to the football. And that – that I mean, you, you listened to his teammates and Coach Beamer and his coaches and all these people in the offseason telling you about, you know, what he had been doing to get himself better and, and, and just all these things he had cleaned up. And, wait, you'll see, you'll see, you'll see. And we figured it out really quickly, like – you know, they were all telling the truth. Him, Spencer, I mean, that, that all that stuff was true. Like, it, it all it all came true. So, I just love to see, I mean, it, th- this team, at the end of the day, they're, they're three and six, right? And 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 that's the focus. You know, you, you're you pulling for the entire team, and, and I get it. But I always love to see the stories. And this year, there are, you know, on, on the offensive side of the football, those are elite stories. Uh Mario Anderson and Xavier Leggett, they're both going to play in the NFL. And they're homegrown South Carolina kids, so we all have a special place in our heart for them. Mullins, Goose Creek, or you know, Somerville, that area, uh, for Mario. And, uh, and, but, it, but at the end of the day, it's the type of human being those kids are is, is what makes it special. So really proud of them, and it's, it's been really, really neat to watch over the last few weeks. And I hope that the, both of them have a hell of a lot to do with what happens in these next three weeks starting on Saturday, which by the way, if any of you haven't paid attention and, and I'm just, I'm not one of the guys that um, like, I don't skip football games regardless of how bad it is. If we didn't prove that back in 1999, I don't know how, what better of a way to prove it because all you do is you just wish for football season. You miss it all year. And then you get seven opportunities to walk into the ballpark. And then some people choose not to go. But then they bitch and moan for seven months, about eight months, about not being able to go. I'm not one of those guys. That being said, Saturday might be a little bit chilly. Uh, it's going to be the high of 64, but it's going to be cr- cloudy all day, and it's going to be maybe a little a little bit rainy. It looks like the rain actually might end up holding off to later on Saturday afternoon now. So it's not going to be the best weather day in Columbia, but that's football weather too. If any of you haven't paid attention, there's a, a, quick, uh, a quick weather report for the Vanderbilt Commodores and the Gamecocks at Williams Price. Not not going to be warm on Saturday. It's going to be that uh, that like sixty four is where it gets when it's like three o'clock if it actually gets there because of the cloud cover. So it's going to be that just little breezy, 
nippy, cloud-covered, cold in the morning. Yeah. Last weekend wasn't too bad. It was, you know, we show up and in layers and then just, you know, peel them off yeah. <laughs> as the day went on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, we sit in the south end zone, so we weren't really able to do that. The sun doesn't come around until later on when you play those mm. noon games uh, after, you know, later, later on in the year. Uh, Quantrell, he, he's, he's outing himself here, Phil, because we had a, we had a whole conversation on this just a little while ago. So he obviously wasn't, <laughs> wasn't in. So Quantrell, you are, uh, you're going to timeout as well. You and Craig, y'all enjoy sitting in timeout together. Uh, yes, he's eligible to come back next year. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, final couple of questions here from the mailbox again, Matt Anderson will be here. I think one fifteen coming up in, uh, in the next yeah. hour and excited to get uh, into some hoops with him. He made a statement last week. He thought that they were the basketball team based on what he had seen was, was had a chance to be pretty good. Well, they had a pretty good first game. So excited to top some hoops and some football with Matt, the host of the late night Gamecock show. Ashton asks, will Beamer fire Clayton White? I have no idea. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I texted Shane and asked him and he didn't respond. No, I'm just kidding. I have no idea. Um, I, I would say that there's a good chance there's going to be some changes on the staff in the offseason, and I would say that uh, this position, this this uh, this is something that they're that they are looking at. Um, I, that might not be encouraging because everybody wants to hear. Yes, he's going to. He's going. Yeah, absolutely, man. He's going to fire Clayton White. That's what everybody wants to hear. I don't know the answer to that. That's, but um, Ashton, I, I appreciate the question. Understand the question. Can't imagine that anybody out there wouldn't understand the question. The defense this year, really, let's just call it like it is. It just hadn't been good. So they got to fix it. And if it starts at the top, it starts at the top. If it starts somewhere else, then they're going to have to probably prove that, that uh, that it didn't start at the top and um, and fix it. Uh, Period. (laughs) I mean, you know, it's been glaringly obvious that – the defense has had some issues this year. So, um, I I mean, and this just goes back to, you know, why why don't you fire him in the middle of the year? Well, you're Shane Beamer. And then everybody's like, well, look what Sam Pittman did with Dan Enos on offense. And, you know, what Lincoln Riley did with Grinch. And I was like, okay, so Beamer's not Lincoln Riley, A, <laughs> you, yeah, you're yeah, not the I, biggest thing going on that side of the country either. B, uh, so Lincoln can do stuff like that. Here's the thing: you, these coaches, position group coaches, coordinators, uh, the way Beamer has all this set up, they're all recruiters. Mm-hmm. So you can't just you know randomly in the middle of a season put a guy out on the street because he's, you know, underperforming and not expect to have some attrition in the recruiting rankings. And right now you're sitting on some pretty large defensive recruits. So there's going to have to be some serious in-depth conversations with these guys that, you know, you may not necessarily be able to have mid-season because you've got so many other things going on. So, I mean, if there is change to be made, I'm not mad at it not happening now. 
Yeah, I'm not going to sit here and try to proclaim that I have any information or insight as to uh, the process that it, that Coach Beamer or any other head coach out there goes through uh, to make decisions about their staff. Because as you just pointed out, you got players you got to worry about in the locker room. You got players you have to worry about coming into the locker room down the road whom have already committed. Uh, you've got all kinds of stuff going on. Um, and uh, so you have to formulate a plan to navigate through that. If you do make a change, minimize the impact. And uh, and and so, but I would I would anticipate there will be some changes. That's what I would anticipate. I don't know yeah, if I'm I mean, gonna, if that's going to live up to Stephen Marsh's expectations. He'll probably come back and say, "Well, you clowns back in November told me there's going to be some changes, and I needed to tweak that, and you didn't, you know." Uh, so that's right. I don't know. I don't I don't know. Will he fire Clayton White? I I don't know, but um, I, I would know. think that some changes would be coming. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah, that's what that's what the off season's for, <laughs> you know. I mean, yeah, it's I mean, yeah. you make adjustments to the team. You yeah, look at it, like, hey, this one, you know, that this this part of what we were doing wasn't working very well. So, right. okay, do we need better players? Do we need to coach better, or do we need different uh, minds? We'll find out. There is no question about that. There's no question about that. It's going to be an exciting uh, December, I feel. Uh, Just everything the way it stacks up. And I, and I don't know crap. I mean, listen, y'all, of any of the voices you hear on this program, <laughs> I am the least connected, I can assure you. So I don't know what's <laughs> happening. <laughs> I know what I see. I call it objectively, uh, try to put a bit of reason behind it. But just, I got this feeling that this is going to be a December that that we won't soon forget. <laughs> it very well could be, especially if they win three in a row. We'll see. I mean, hey, I mean, I'm still on this November to remember thing. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with y'all and the positivity people. I mean, there's every game... it uh well it leads into the final question we have in the mailbox from mr rick hearing about any transfers you mean incoming outgoing i got an interesting sec note to pass along for that nothing well i got well, let's just leave it there. Fill you in on that when we get back. Matt Anderson joining us, too. Hour three, we are part of the Chief Sports Network, which is presented by Dixie Vodka. you got to have Dixie Vodka on your shelf. It is so smooth. And it's very inexpensive compared to some of the other ones. Hang tight. We'll be right back. Down here in the south... We don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in southern soil, are crafted by southern hands, and proudly represent the south in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South.
Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. Magnum, Velotric, Aventon Bikes, and more. And they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better but still get great exercise. Bikes are available all ages and sizes. ElectricBikesCharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. Not today, sweetie. One heart's breaking while another one is mending. It's all in the ebb and flow. If I had to, I could go it alone. But because you've become my home. These windows could shut into the ground. These walls could fall right down. With a little love and some tenderness, we'll walk upon the water, we'll rise above the mist. With a little peace and some harmony, we'll take the world together, we'll take them by the hand. Final hour, Inside the Game Couch, the show, built by the Pondo Co., always live from the Sinorama Studios. They are the preferred sign partners of the Gamecocks. Welcome back, Phil and JB. JC will return tomorrow. Agree or disagree is coming up in just a little bit as well. Carolina, Vandy this weekend, noon in Columbia, 
hopefully the last noon game of the season. Phil, uh, back to the mailbox here. Glad to have everybody, and uh, sure hope um, sure hope that you're having a wonderful Wednesday. It's warm out there, too warm for me in November. Cool it down, man. Cool it down, and it will starting this weekend. It'll come back down. Um, but the final one, hearing about any transfers, I, I'll say this. I've got a little uh, a little tip on this, that there is a major quarterback in the SEC that is exploring uh, transferring. Um, where to? Uh, uh, it, it probably would like to stay in the SEC, if, if at all possible. Um, and um, that's really, you know, I don't know. I don't want to say the name uh, because, you know, if, if – you know, Phil, if if you say the name and then it hap- it doesn't happen, then, oh, no, that was never going to happen. The guy made all that up. Well, so I don't want to be put in that spot. But, yeah, um, no. <laughs> but you know, I was asked a question. You're hearing about any transfers. You know, this would be a, a major name to keep an eye on. Um, it is a quarterback situation. Now, the Gamecocks, of course, feel like they're going to be in pretty good shape in the future with their quarterbacks and Lenore Sellers and Dante Reno and others. I would say on top of that, you know, on on that note there it's really difficult to envision an offseason in which there is not a quarterback if or, or more that leave the program I mean it it just kind of is what it is I mean if Lenora Sellers is going to end up being what everybody thinks he's going to end up being um Dante Reno going to be a young guy that they have thrown a lot of eggs into that basket I I, I don't see how or why one or two of the other guys that are in the room would want to stay here do you no, <laughs> I mean that's that's one it's position where, yeah, I mean it's it's one position where you you know you you, you get one shot to transfer now, uh, and well, too you still get the graduation transfer, but either way, um, and you want to play. I mean, you got to think about it. these the guys in these rooms that are come up through the high school ranks were the most athletic kid on the field for their teams in high school. They are not used to waiting, and they no. get a little antsy. <laughs> and and you got to read the room, you know. I mean, I hate to say it, but I mean, you know, if there's other guys coming in, you got you got to read the room. You got you're sitting there with Lenore Sellers, and like you said, you got Reno coming in. You, you've already you got Duckwork on the hook for twenty five. You already got a twenty six kid talking to. I mean, you know, it's like mm, okay, what you gonna do? I mean, and so there's gonna be some. There's there's going to be some guys in the, on this roster that probably will not be um, on next year's roster, and the moves you make in the portal, especially at quarterback, are are going to be I would feel like driven by um, Lenora Sellers and how you feel like you want to develop and use this guy for next year. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean that's that's the name driving it all when it comes to talking about quarterback transfers. Yeah, there's no there's no doubt. I we are not talking about Brock Vandergriff, by the way. No, no. Yeah, I was going to say, and it's not Brock Vandergriff. No, it is. It's a starter. I actually know who that guy is, so that's interesting. Yeah. There you go. Take that connections. Yeah, that's a that's <laughs> it's Brock um, But um, yeah, so it, it I and 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 again, I you know it's. Uh, I think we're I think we're just really being naive to not expect I think that they I think every fan should expect feel that there will be players and probably 
probably significant name or i don't know about significant can get stretched let's not use that word um popular name or big names name familiar names there you go uh i I think we're all naive if we think that there won't be familiar names that enter the transfer portal expect it if they don't then you know applaud whatever you want to applaud celebrate however you want to celebrate some chicken cock how about that um yeah but it's it, it, it it's just it, it's going to happen. It's going to happen everywhere. It, it's already happened here. It's going to happen again. They are going to lose guys. I don't know who they're going to lose, but they are going to lose guys. So we might as well just expect that. I, I, yeah, I mean, you just got to hope that you know we had we had two successful winning portal seasons, right, under Shane Beamer, and last year we kind of felt like a loser coming out of it. Yeah. Um, so you just have to hope that you're able to to turn the tide there. Um, but the problem is, is that you're behind NIL wise, period, and that's what drives incoming portal and outgoing portal, you know, top quality talent. So, you know, you can't be mad if if you lose in the portal again if you haven't put together a solid NIL program and. Have to you know? I mean, it's just part of the game right now. Love it or hate it, you have to accept it, and we have to get spread the word and get it out that you know we need to, you know, keep building that up. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how it all works out, but they're definitely going to be in the portal. I can I can assure you of that. They're uh, they they're doing their due diligence. We we do know. It is a one ten final couple of minutes, then we'll hit an early timeout before we get Matt Anderson in. Excited to have him, host of the Late Night Gamecock Show. You can, of course, watch that on the Chief Sports app uh, as well. Uh, Matt does a great job, and he's joining us on Wednesdays, and um, and we uh, we're thrilled to have him because he's he's uh, I enjoy his program. He does a pretty good job with it. We'll talk about the hoop side of things for South Carolina, and of course, we'll get into the college football side as well uh, again if you missed it last night the rankings are back out and uh, nothing has changed in the college football playoff rankings week per week too in the latest as the michigan world turns a strange twist that popped up yesterday with blake corum who's the running back for the wolverines being linked to connor stallions a former staff member who recruited who, who apparently has been doing all of this spying, basically. Uh, and um, But Blake Corum, so if you miss this, it, Blake Corum had to issue a denial saying he's got no business relationship with Connor Stallions. But there are records of an LLC out in Wyoming listing both of them as co-owners of this company. And the records from the Wyoming Secretary of State list Corum, Stallions, and a third guy named Connor O'Day as organizers of an LLC called BC2 Housing. And it lists a home in Ann Arbor as its office and its mailing address. The property records show that the address is the home that the Stallions guy bought last year, March of 22. So there's an LLC in Wyoming with an address to Connor Stallions in Ann Arbor. And the 
the running back at Michigan is one of the three guys who's on the LLC. But Corum said, I don't know what you're talking about. He became aware of this right before they walked onto the practice field yesterday, had no idea what was going on, and he contacted his attorney to have his attorney intervene. He told reporters, quote, I don't have any businesses with Connor or anything like that, but I'm glad whoever found it, whoever searched the web was able to find that. I appreciate you. My attorneys are on it. Definitely get that figured out right away. Get my name taken off of whatever it is. Stallion's signature is the only name that appears on the filing for the LLC. The LLC is listed as active and is current, and it's in good tax standing as well. And in a profile search, the Wall Street Journal reported that he was sued by his homeowners association for violating its bylaws of allegedly running a vacuum cleaner refurbishing business out of his home. Vacuum clean refurbishing business. Listen, you know, if you're a Breaking Bad fan, then that vacuum cleaner refurbishing business is just a front for making others disappear. (laughs) So, I mean, there's no telling what's going on up there. I, I, I just, I've never heard of such a thing. I don't even know where to start to begin talking about such a thing. So I, I, I guess I would I would ask I would ask a couple of questions um, not to be uh, and I know we got to go here, but not to. Um, you know, not to play the devil's advocate card, but I guess I don't know what when I remember when I was in college, I didn't have just an attorney on dial. Well, that, guess, that, that's the one thing that you, you know? said that really kind of stuck in my head there. I was like. Damn, what a time we live in that damn players have attorneys. I'm my attorney. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, kind of, you got an attorney? I mean, I guess wow. maybe you have one if you're for NIL deals. I, I could imagine uh, That's that. what I figure is, like, you probably have some sort of contract lawyer you have, you know, either retained or have used to yeah. look over your things. But, yeah, no, I, I doubt he's got a, you know... <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me, JB. It's it's 2023, man. You know. <laughs> well, if you're Connor Stallions, and let's say you just made, the, you know, this this really is what it, what it is. This guy has nothing to do with it, Blake Corum. Why'd you write his name in there? And like, why why are there? I mean, I own an LLC. Um, I mean, I'm sitting here trying to. Of all the paperwork I filed, yeah, I guess I could be the only one. I mean, I guess articles of organization you could technically have another. So I, I don't, I don't, I don't. Maybe, the, maybe their laws are a little bit differently. Maybe there's a reason why they filed it in Wyoming. I don't know. I have no idea. But this, this thing, I, I, I'm. So you've got like this whole debacle of the legal stuff going on, and then you got the football stuff going on. And I'm going to tell you, if they win out and they get to 13 and 0. And they're in the college football playoff. Oh man, He's, yeah. I mean, and that's why you know, for the first time in my life ever, I think I'm pulling for Ohio State just to please put an end to this. Yeah, <laughs> Let, let's is... let's let's not let this go any further than it is going now. And yeah, let Harbaugh move on to the NFL because 
Well, if you Penn, notice, Penn one State of the biggest first, pieces Penn news State's, was Penn State gets the first swing of the bat here. Maybe they'll end it in Happy Valley this weekend. Yeah, you know what? And I'd, I'd be I'd be okay with. It. I was just sitting here looking at the schedule. Yeah, so Penn State in, in at home gets Michigan uh, for a noon kickoff. But yeah, yeah. I mean, and if you'll notice the news that came out, like it was very quick to say. Harbaugh is not associated with this in way <laughs> whatsoever, yeah. like any of this. So it was like, okay, that clears him for the university to to just let him go and and for him to move on to the NFL and and do his thing, which I think yeah. is probably more likely than not at this point. Yep. Uh, Sonder points out no indiv- individual income tax. Yeah, there's no state. I mean, my in laws live in Laramie and in Cheyenne, so. So I I get it. There's no in, there's no state income tax out there, but 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 they're doing business in Michigan. So I don't understand how this is. I I I don't know how they're. We don't know what the structure is. I can't sit here and assume that. You know, okay, they filed it in Wyoming, but the address is in Michigan. That's just dumb. So I mean I I don't know how they're doing all of this. Like there's something that we don't know. Obviously, there's a lot that we don't know, but it, it's. They're, they're, this is going to be an E60 one day. You, I hope you all realize that. Like, there's going to be an yeah, E60 this, on this. Uh, yeah, this probably be. soon. So, mm-hmm. all right. We um, need to step aside. Matt Anderson is patiently waiting to jump in and uh, talk some ball with us. That's both football and basketball. So, don't go anywhere inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barndo Co. We'll be right back. Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams, or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs, or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in Southern soil, are crafted by Southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. Welcome to Palm Casual Patio Furniture. Because we are the factory, Palm Casual has the ability to offer the highest quality outdoor furniture paired with world-class service. Since 1979, our factory showrooms have done our best to make the buying process as easy as possible for our customers. Our understanding of the many factors that go into your decision has helped us create our 30-day trial period that increases the level of comfort our customers feel during the shopping experience. Visit us in Somerville and online at palmcasual.com. Gamecock owned and operated. Michael Campbell arrived at South Carolina in 2003 after growing up in Virginia and was dubbed the Winchester Rifle by Gamecock's great Tommy Moody in the broadcast booth. He left in 2006 a legend. A career 315 hitter and 20th round draft pick of the San Diego Padres, Campbell was first all-time in games played at bats and triples, second all-time in hits with 299 singles and total bases, third all-time in doubles, top 10 in runs scored, and RBI, and he hit 31 home runs in his career for the Gamecocks. Now he's passing his knowledge to the next generation through his business, Soup's Swing Shop. If your son or daughter wants to improve their game, Soup's Swing Shop offers virtual lessons. Mike will connect with you, 
diagnose your swing and create a special game plan to help improve it. Call them at 859-414-8240. Email soupsswingshop at gmail.com or find them on social media and on the Chief Sports app. Soup Swing Shop. Play ball. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say. And so does the Barndo Company, where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock owned and operated. Back inside the Gamecocks, the show served by Chicken Cock Whiskey. Quick men's basketball note here. They have signed Oku Federico, a 6'9 forward out of Helsinki, Helsinki, Finland. Not to be confused with Helinski. I think you actually could spell Helinski from that. Uh, Helsinki, Finland, forward 6'9 has signed uh, with the Gamecocks in Lamont, Paris. So hats off to this guy. He is a 2024 uh, class member, and he is one tall dude, six nine, and he's he looks he looks like it. So congratulations to this young man, uh, and uh, for uh, for signing here with the Gamecocks. And we'll see him in uniform at some point in time in the future. I'm looking at actually some of his uh, some highlights right here. He's got got some game, Matt. He's got some game. Say Gamecocks, by the way. Our one and O's. We're joined by Matt Anderson from Matt Anderson from the Late Night Gamecock Show, and um, you know you pointed out last week on our program that you had seen him, you liked him, you felt like they had a chance to be pretty good. It's just one game, so we're not going to overreact or anything like that. But I'll tell you, the takeaway I got is they attacked for forty minutes, and and you don't. It's not often you see Gamecock basketball teams attack for forty straight minutes. Uh, but maybe be able to have the guys who can knock knock the shots down while you're doing that, and they did they did the other night against Upstate. Yeah, absolutely. It was a it was a fun game to watch. Um, one of the things that I always look at, and, and me and Phil were texting during halftime of that game, and you know I always take a screenshot of the box score at halftime. I took a screenshot of the box score at the end of the game. You know, look how you know how things went. But one of the things I enjoy too about Ken Palm's website is he actually breaks the game down into quarters. And looking at the game here against USC Upstate, in the first quarter of the game, the Gamecocks outscored Upstate 18-9, to so doubled them up. And then the last quarter of the game, they outscored Upstate 22-9. to So not only did they start strong, but they finished strong. And you know, to your point, JB, going for 40 minutes and you know playing hard and playing fast and playing aggressive, the Gamecocks did that. Um, Gamecocks put up over 80 points. That's a that's a lot of points, even against a team like Upstate. Um, to hold Upstate to fifty three, um, that that was pretty great as well. I mean, one of the staples that Frank had was you know, Frank always had a, a physical defensive team, and I thought that the Gamecocks did that as well. Um, 
you know, looking through some of these numbers, and I'm sure you've already talked about this, but I'm, I'm, I'm everything I thought I was going to see out of Michi Johnson and Talon Cooper, I did. I think that um, it was a very good debut for Talon Cooper for a lot of Gamecock fans who might not have known much about him. Uh, he's a physically gifted dude. He's um, strong. He's athletic. He pulled down seven rebounds. Um, the one thing that you didn't really see him do is um, have as many assists as he's capable of. Um, which is kind of strange considering the Gamecocks hit as many threes as they did. Gamecocks went 12 of 22 from the three-point line for 54%. But the biggest thing that I enjoyed seeing was the carryover from the second the second half of the exhibition game into you know this game against UFC Upstate, who are you know similar type opponents. Mm-hmm. And Gamecocks have dominated now for three consecutive halves, and that's good to see. Yeah, I um I I agree with you. And you know, they played I mean, it was a constant cycle of guys, Matt. And there were there were ten guys that got ten minutes or more in the game. Uh, there were, you could really say, seven guys that got. I mean, I think Studi played nineteen minutes, so we'll round him up to twenty. So seven guys that played twenty minutes or more. Um, and when you cycle that, it's when you really think about it. And again, you know, people were very cautious to pat Gamecock basketball on the back for, I get it. I mean, they just really hadn't been that good. Um, but when, when you think about it, just thinking about, you know, the sport of basketball and the game itself, you, you've got game one around here. Game one, generally, you, you know, it just, it just leaves a lot to be desired. And you, you, so you get the first time all year you're playing and playing in front of a crowd really for anything that matters and you cycle that many guys in it, it's hard to kind of feel the flow and figure who out and this, that, and the other. And outside of maybe a couple of a minute little runs here and there, they just didn't miss a beat. I mean, the ball movement was good. Again, I mentioned they attacked. You were talking about the defense. I said that earlier in the week. They really do actually play defense like Frank's teams did. Uh, So overall, you know, when you bring it all into consideration about how wonky things can be and why they could be wonky, um, they 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 were they really excelled in all areas. Yeah, and you look at you know one thing is that defense leads to offense, right? And the Gamecocks grabbed thirty five defensive rebounds in that game, so limiting second chance opportunities for the opponent. Um, you have Josh Gray and and Benjamin Bosman Verdonk kind of manning that center position right now. That's really all the Gamecocks have. BJ Mack kind of floats in and out, but they they only had seven defensive rebounds combined and the Gamecocks still got 28 others. So that's everybody putting in and doing their part. Um, I thought the Gamecocks did a great job in winning the rebounding battle. I think it was 45 rebounds to 27 for upstate and it's everything that you wanted to see in an opening, in an opening game. Are they going to shoot 54% from the three point line every single game? No, they're not. But, when I talk about the great equalizer in college basketball, you know, having the ability to shoot and everybody that shot the ball looked comfortable. And that's mm-hmm. one of the things that I enjoyed watching during warmups. And I said they were, you know, going through game shots and it was fluid. Um, I think that, you know, the guard play is going to take, is going to carry South Carolina this year until they can get Colin back. Um, and, and there are some people that I've talked to that think Colin is the best player on the team. So having Colin out right now with mono, you know, the Gamecocks could look even better. How about Virginia Tech coming up this week? What type of what type of test are we looking at here? So, you know, I have that up right now, actually, as well. Virginia Tech, for those of you who don't know, um, destroyed Coppin State by a score of 100 to 55. Um, Coppin State might be one of the very worst 
Division One college basketball teams this season. So, yeah, they weren't nineteen ninety seven. Dude, tell me about it. I still. Uh, so my brother played college basketball, and BJ was one of his assistant coaches at Charleston Southern. And I've known BJ since I was a ball boy when I was little. And if you ever want to fire BJ up, ask him about nineteen ninety seven and Coppin mm. State. Um, um, that was just that was tough. And they talking to those guys, they know they they should have won that game, and they kind of slept walk through it, and then. Coffin State wasn't scared of the Gamecocks that day. And VJ said, he's told me this a couple of times. He said, I knew 10 minutes into the game, like, we're going to effing lose this game. <laughs> like, they're not backing down. Um, but yeah, so Virginia Tech, yeah. um, looking at them, you know, they scored 100 points. They had a pretty good three point shooting night. They shot 41%, 13 of 31 from three. So Gamecocks are, they might expect <laughs> Virginia Tech to come out shooting um friday night um the late tip-off will be really interesting i think that'll be the third game in the day in and um at that neutral site venue um hopefully gamecocks will play at 9 30 i think i don't want to dra- drag on till 10 o'clock at night because even even on a weekend it's still hard to stay up past midnight for me yeah, yeah they're 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 a decent team you know looking at their numbers here um they did get you know, about the same number of rebounds that South Carolina got. They only turned the ball over 11 times in the game against Coppin State. They forced 19 turnovers. You know, I don't know what you can really take from that Coppin State game. Um, looking at Virginia Tech over the years, you know, last year they were 19 and 15. Year before that, 23 and 13. All these, you know, years under Mike Young, 15 and 7 in the COVID year. We'll see. I think it's going to be the obviously the biggest test so far. And we've had this game circled for a long time. I mean, you look past Virginia Tech a little bit. DePaul actually lost to Purdue Fort Wayne. That's going to be um, a non, another non-conference game. The Gamecocks should probably win. Yep. Notre Dame struggled with Niagara, beat Niagara by seven points. Clemson, you know, beat, beat Winthrop by 22. But, you know, that's to be expected. Yeah, I don't. You know, I'm not actually an expert on Virginia Tech, JV. <laughs> um, I well, don't know everything there is to know I, about them, but no, I I guess what I was getting at here is like more more along the lines of of what the matchup could mean at the at the, at the end of the day for for Carolina from a from a positive standpoint. I, I hate to be too positive. I know some people this week are getting upset around here when folks are positive about things. Um, but we we've we have hinted at this before, where you've got you've got a bunch of games that are winnable in November, but are also potential resume boosters without, without, you know, uh, you could, you could win and they could be helpful instead of, you know, getting beat by somebody where, yeah, it's like a quad one loss, but it's a loss. Um, so, you know, like Virginia tech, I think Ken Palm's got him at 58 right now. None of that means anything. It's the first. Yeah. Bart Torvik has him at 46. Um, yeah. You know, it's going to be a neutral site game. It's going to be likely a quad one game at the end of the year. Um, right, right. Ken Palm has the Gamecocks losing by one to Virginia Tech. Bart Torvik has the Gamecocks losing by six to Virginia Tech. So I'd expect something in that three. And I expect the Gamecocks to be a three, four-point underdog going into the game. Um, one thing that, you know, of note about Virginia Tech, you know, I'm looking at them. They're not, they're not super tall. I mean, I don't think the Gamecocks are going to be in a situation where they're just outgunned or outmanned from a physicality standpoint. Um, you know, their best player is a six foot one guard, um, big time scorer, Sean Padula. Uh, they got another senior guard, six three, Robbie Baran, six nine, um, averaged about 10 points and six rebounds. But outside of that, they only have about three double digit scores that Bart Torvik's projecting right now for the season. 
So it's going to be a good test. I think that the Gamecocks and Virginia Tech are probably pretty evenly matched at this point. And I think that even the early season analytics suggest the same. I think it's going to be a game where whichever team comes in and just grits it out, I don't think it's going to be a blowout in either direction. Yeah. It's, um, Virginia Tech has, has uh, s- sneakily had a really good program, uh, for, for honestly, for a while. Uh, going back to, I mean, Seth Greenberg made a bunch of NITs with them. They, you know, they just kind of couldn't get over the hump. I think he got them in there one year. Uh, and then when Buzz got there, they went to the, the tournament three straight years, and Mike Young has had them in the tournament a couple of times. Now, they've gone out and been knocked out in the first round, but they have made the tournament. So since 2016, they've been there five different times. It, you just don't think about Virginia Tech often when you think about that that ACC and how talented it is. So good test for for Carolina coming up on Saturday or uh, on Friday night, as you mentioned, a little bit later. And then the rest of us got to get up early Saturday morning and get ready for Carolina and Vanderbilt and football. VMI uh, is next week, and then as part of that, um, you got VMI and then DePaul as part of the Arizona tip-off. So we'll, we'll kind of see who, how that works itself out. Yeah, I think out. it's like they, Grand Canyon and San Francisco are the other yeah, two Grand teams Canyon. in that tournament. So yeah, they'll play yeah. the winner or loser, depending on what happens against DePaul. Um, it's funny you mentioned Virginia Tech being kind of sneaky. I was listening to a, the CBS Island College Basketball podcast, and they mentioned how Virginia Tech beat Duke recently, and they did not storm the court. You know, every time Virginia Tech beat Duke over the years, they would always storm the court and – you know, the commentators are like, when did Virginia Tech get good enough that they don't storm the court when they beat Duke? <laughs> like, when, they're expecting it now. I, I, I think, too, say, does that, does that yeah. say more about Virginia Tech or does it say more about the state of Duke right now? <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, dude, Duke is, they're signing kit, they're signing players at a rapid pace. Yeah, uh, they are still, like, right their recruiting is still wow. top notch. So, yeah. Yeah. I um, saw in a CBS article if Duke signs this one kid. They'll have the the best recruiting class of all time this year, yeah. which is crazy yeah. that they're doing it without Coach K. You see that? Wow. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I get just like uh, Don Don had a couple of years ago. Um, Virginia Tech, Notre Dame, and Clemson all ACC opponents in the non conference schedule. Uh, we'll see how good the ACC is this year, but it probably serves South Carolina good if they can win all those games and and that league have a have a nice year. Speaking of Don. Um, I mean, there's nobody in women's basketball that that made the state uh, has made a statement. Actually, matter of fact, it's quite the opposite for the team that was the face of women's basketball coming into the season for LSU, uh, getting getting downed by Colorado on the opening night. I, I I don't think that's going to negatively affect their season. I actually think it'll positively affect them because, um, you know, Kim Mulkey she ain't gonna put up with it. But uh, Dawn and and her young ladies went overseas and beat the crap out of Notre Dame. And Malaysia Fulwiley has the play of the week. And it, at the end of the year, it might survive as the play of the year. We'll see. There's a lot still to be determined. But, um, dude, uh, Don called her a generational talent. Now we've seen it. I mean, they just reloaded. They're, 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 they're good. They're talented. It's as close as I've seen to, like, an Allen Iverson-type player. Um, <laughs> yeah, that – that freshman, she's something. I mean, she's like Kyrie Irving with the ball. The way she moves, the way she can handle it, um, she's going to be a problem. She's going to be a big problem for a lot of people going forward. Yeah, yeah, she's going to be she's going to be something. It is so neat, though. I mean, to have you know have that. I, I mentioned LSU being the face of college, at least the women's side of college basketball. 
I don't even know that I believe it that. I know they won the national championship, but it's just really still hard. Like they they love Dawn. Uh they love Dawn and, and this team. So we'll be right back in the thick of it. Number six in the preseason. That won't be the case when the new rankings uh come out next week. All right, um, moving to football here, you know, Carolina won. This has been talked over and over and over. We've had three days of it, Matt. We've all addressed this in every way in which you can address how sloppy it looked. But, again, they still got the win. Um, you, they're going to have to be better to win the final three. I, I know that. Let me, do you think that who, – who would win, Vanderbilt or Jacksonville State if they played? Oh, I'm all day Jacksonville State. I'm, heck, heck, yeah, Jacksonville State. Um, I don't think Vanderbilt's kept a power. Have they have lost every game to a power five opponent for like the last five years, something like fifteen plus points. I mean, Jacksonville State's a, a better program. They're better, better defense, better offense. Yeah, Jacksonville State's a better program than Vanderbilt right now and win this year, in my opinion. Are you survive? Are are you survived? Are you surprised? Is anybody surprised that Vanderbilt has been as bad as they've been this year? I I am. I thought they'd be better. Uh, you know, I do the the SEC whip around on my show every every Thursday, and Vanderbilt was putting up some numbers in the passing game to start the season. Reality kind of hit when they got to the SEC portion of their season. Uh, actually, it really hit against Wake Forest. But I, I'm a bit surprised, I would say. But you know, I I don't take Vanderbilt for granted anymore. <laughs> I'll put it that way. <laughs> you know, I don't take it for granted. No, I mean, I, you know, look, they've, they've had a difficult road to hoe the last few weeks as well. I mean, Auburn, Auburn's had, well, Auburn's five and four. Um, but prior to that, you know, the, the Kentucky game was going to be difficult. Missouri going to Florida, uh, Georgia on the road at Ole Miss. Like, that's a hard stretch for Vanderbilt. But I just, I, I felt like they had more talent than they have. And you always feel like Vanderbilt's going to – I mean, they did it last year to the Gators. There's always somebody that you, you – it, it happens to. They've had plenty of 0-8 type years. I, I know that. But they really haven't had – they haven't been in any game to make anything like that happen. Like when Barry Odom beat them 40-37 to 37 out there at UNLV um, in the – what was that, the third four, fourth game of the year. You started to realize quickly, yeah, okay, this this might be difficult. And they just haven't – I mean, they haven't really even put up a fight. I mean, I thought they put up – I thought last week they had, had a chance to kind of get back in the game, and Auburn put that to bed quickly. So they're bad. And I guess what I'm getting at here is as bad as South Carolina has been, you know, I don't know what it would say about the rest of the year. I'm not going to – I'm not going to talk, I'm not going to talk about the program and 24. I'm not getting into all that. I don't know what it would say about the rest of the year with Kentucky and Clemson coming in. If you've got another struggle bus type game this weekend, you've got to start wondering. You know you're more talented then you got to really 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 hunker down and figure out what what are we doing in here? Like what what in the in the in the outside world is going to question everything more so than they're questioning now. Yeah, that line opened up at what fifteen and a half. I think it's down to fourteen right now. I think it's a lot a of, yeah. I think it's a lot of Gamecocks betting on Vanderbilt is moving that line. I don't think anybody else in the nation's paying paying attention to the Gamecocks and the betting, the betting market. But the Gamecocks have got to come There's out and play a complete game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I think the Jacksonville State 
you know, they 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 came to Columbia and expected to win. They had uh, they had a lot of fans in the in their um in the stadium as well. That was you know a Super Bowl of some sorts for Jacksonville State, and and they played like it. You know, I, I was really impressed with Jacksonville State. I mean, I was head scratching a lot of what South Carolina was doing, but I was impressed with Jacksonville State. I think that there's going to be a pride thing for the Gamecocks coming in this week. I think that seeing Vanderbilt, like they they know they can't take anybody for granted now. And I don't know where Vanderbilt is in their mindset. I don't know how their coach is keeping them up right now. But when an SEC team comes to Williams-Brice Stadium, you know, no matter who it is, you know, the Gamecocks will, will need to be ready, and I'm assuming they will be. But, yeah, it's 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 kind of ass-kicking time, JB, if you know, <laughs> the Gamecocks are in a dogfight with Vanderbilt in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, they, I agree. They need to go out and beat the crap out of them. I mean – do you would you would you agree with this? And, and I will step aside, and then we've got to agree or disagree to get to too. But would you would you agree with this at all? That uh, look, the defense has been bad. I'm not making it. I'm not making an excuse here. All right, they have not been good this year. Period. But would you agree that last week, if Jacksonville State ran more of a traditional style, or not traditional, but more of an offensive scheme that that the that South Carolina and everybody else in this league is accustomed to seeing week in and week out, not that Rich Rod way of doing things, that maybe the margin of victory may have been significantly larger. Like, do you, do you put any stock into the fact that there could have been or that this defense, for another reason, although they were still bad, uh, gave up as many points as they gave up simply because they're just not used to seeing that? I think oh, there's no. definitely some some value there. Yeah, I think that it doesn't doesn't make up for the missed tackles, the bad angles, you know, all the things that we saw the Gamecocks do against Jacksonville right. State. But, you know, it's one of those things we talk about, why do you schedule a triple option team before, you know, the Clemson game? You know, why why do you do that? You have to you know have your defense prepare for a total different beast. And yeah, I don't I don't know if they were ready for Rich Rod. I think that Rich Rod was licking his chops, you know, facing the Gamecock defense. I think that he had a lot of stuff drawn up. I think that you know you go back to the beginning of that game. Carolina forced three state three straight three and outs. Um, Gamecocks had an opportunity to extend that lead in the first quarter much more than they did. Um, and you know I think at the end of the first quarter it was even a tie game or something like that. Fourteen seven, then it was fourteen fourteen. Just I mean it became a ball game. And yeah, I mean I think that I agree with you, JB. There's a there's a heck of a lot there for you know facing that type of offense and you know not having to face that type of offense this week. Yeah, I mean I I. Back to your point, like I don't, I think there is something to that. Um, but the point you just made, I think, is excellent. That doesn't mean that you just miss tackles and you're just standing in the wrong place. Like it looked very lethargic and sloppy. And I don't care who they're playing. Like you got to be able to tackle, and you can't just be back on your heels and letting somebody who's standing right next to you just run right by. Like those things, it's just insane. They, they, they. They can't be that bad. Uh, if they're that bad, then uh, I got bad news for them. They might win this week, but they will not win the last two weeks if, if something like that is the case. But hopefully it's all cleaned up. All right, um, we will take our final quick timeout. You mentioned the triple option before playing Clemson. Good news, they get to do that next year as Wofford comes to town on November yep. 23rd. And then the uh, Tigers make the <laughs> Carolina right back up to the upstate uh, the following week to take on Clemson. So, all right, Why they schedule that game? I don't know. Agree or disagree? Matt Anderson here with us on Inside the Gamecocks, the show, when we return. 
The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create an affordable price just for you. Contact local agent Gary Patterson for your personal price plan today. This holiday season, you can give a gift like never before. Hey guys, it's JB. Rescues and Resin produces custom-designed wood and resin products. From tables to wall art, coasters to cutting boards, and pretty much anything you can dream. Proud Gamecocks and veteran-owned, Dustin and Tabitha are creating products that will blow your family and friends away when they take the wrapping paper off this Christmas. Check them out in the Chief Sports app now to get your custom order in before it's too late. Rescues and Resin are also proud supporters of Carolina Rise and proud partners of the Chief Sports Network. Rescuesandresin at gmail.com or in the Chief Sports app is where you can find them. Change your gift-giving game today by ordering a custom design through our friends Tabitha and Dustin in Rescues and Resin. company is Billy G's Carolina Barbecue. We are based in Columbia, South Carolina, and we have two lines of sauces and a spice rub. I mean, when people try our product, they know it's a gourmet product, and it can go on any type of food. It's not surprisingly delicious. It's expectedly delicious. The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create an affordable price just for you. Contact local agent Gary Patterson for your personal price plan today. One forty-five final segment here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Welcome back, our friend Matt Anderson joining us today. Uh, as uh, can we say that as he does now every Wednesday? Is that true? Yes. Okay. Right. Well, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I don't want to throw Matt under the bus here. I don't want to. You know. I mean. No, no, no. Sure. I'm flexible. It's kinda, yeah. The internet's kind of glitchy on my end right now. It seems like. Oh, can you hear us? Can you hear me? Kind of. It's I can it's kind of going in and out. Yeah, but um it might see. be on him. It might be uh yeah. more on, on Matt's side of things. It it seems better now. Oh okay. good. <laughs> well that's good to know. Yeah. All right. Uh final final segment here, 
uh, on our program with Matt, uh, part of the Inside the Gamecocks uh, the show. Uh, real quick here, previewing uh, the upcoming weekend again, we'll take we'll talk about a lot of this tomorrow with Mike Morgan and then again when we make our picks on Friday, but really interesting week in the league. Uh, Mississippi State on the road at, at Texas A&M. Uh, you're beginning to, to kind of hear some crazy talk. This is I mean, Mike Leach died, and this is the first year of Zach Arnett taking over the program, and everybody's pissed, and if they lose, they'll be four and six, one and six in the league, and everybody wants him out. Well, I got news for them. They're probably going to lose because they're in Kyle Field. I guess the A&M defense is pretty good at home. Florida's at LSU. These Both these games are on Saturday night. LSU's almost a two-touchdown favorite over the Gators. There's another one who, if you lose, I, 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 love, I love Mike. Mike says there's no way that Florida would fire Billy Napier. I disagree with that. Now, he knows it better than I do, and he knows a lot of the big dudes down there at Florida. But in the name of 2023, it's just a different world than it was yesterday. And um, I, I, I think if they finish on the skids and don't make it to a bowl game at 5-7, and seven, even if they do at 5-7, and seven, one of the 5-7 and seven teams, what if they made it to a bowl game at 5-7 and seven and then lost the bowl game and finished 5-8? and eight? You think he'd be back next year? I don't know. I'm not calling. Look, I don't like calling for heads. I don't care. You know, that's not what I'm doing. I'm just saying, like, that's one of those fan bases. Who, they like to pull the trigger quick. So, you know. Yeah, regardless of that, JB, looking at their SEC schedule next year, oh, my gosh. They have a murderer's row. I mean, it. It. if I'm, if I'm, if I'm Napier, I'm doing what college basketball coaches do, and I'm taking another job. <laughs> right now and before I get fired and just keep job hopping around because it's just a matter of time for Billy Napier in my in my mind. Well it's you know they it's all changed. I mean South Carolina obviously next year this get but the schedule is difficult every year. But to your point when you compare when you compare the two just because we're a South Carolina show and uh you look at theirs they've got um hmm, wow they got road trips to Texas, Tennessee and Florida State. Well, last I checked, Texas and Florida State are both in the top ten. They've got the dogs in Jacksonville. They're probably should be number one. They're number two. Uh, they got LSU in town. They got <laughs> they got they got Ole Miss in town. They got Ben. They got uh, Texas A and M at Ben Hill Griffin. They got to go to Mississippi State. They got Central Florida. Oh yeah, they got to play Miami. Yeah, you're right. Wow. <laughs> uh, now it's there. There's some. There's some entry. Look, there's some crossover here. The Gamecocks get both Ole Miss and, and A&M at home um, and LSU. So that's interesting. Look at that. Yeah. A&M, Ole Miss, and LSU all play both all play in Gainesville and in Columbia next year. That's strange. Maybe you see that. It'd be interesting to compare the rest of the SEC and see if there's a little pod system that's in the works. <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, that's strange uh and of course carolina's got trips to kentucky oklahoma uh alabama and clemson so you know uh <laughs> big wash said josh paid already said sunbelt isn't getting fired this year look i love josh josh is a friend of mine i've known josh for a few years i don't dis- i don't agree with that i don't care what josh said josh doesn't know you know i mean none of us know i'm saying there is a there is that is one of the schools that is not scared to can you if you if i mean look they, 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 i mean they fired dan mullen a year after he won the East. I mean, they don't care. 
Well, they did the same thing to Shark Boy too. I mean, yeah, he went back was, back east. Hey, look, here's the here's the thing. Here's what here's what they're not going to do. They're not going to. They don't care about the buyout. Everybody, thirty million dollars. They don't care about that. They've got it. It doesn't matter. They're not going to fire him, and then run in circles trying to hire his replacement. If they fire him, they've got his replacement. Period. I don't know who oh, it is. Yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. No, they would have to. Yeah, <laughs> like somebody, somebody in the swamp is doing something somewhere. Is it Kalen DeBoer? You know, well, what if we could get this guy? What if we could do that? Well, would he say yes? All right, well, let's see what happens here. Somebody somewhere is doing something. They're, they Mike are. Elko, I'm just saying, Mike Elko. <laughs> I, but I, I see now that I don't, I don't, I'm not saying you're you're wrong because Mike Elko is a good coach, but he's not. He will not be the sexy hire that the Gators want. So, all right. Uh, it's going to be interesting because you got to think the spam base is not going to put up with the losing season narrative that's being created with Napier right now. No, and they're not. you know they don't want to be a resurgent, you know, out of the ashes <laughs> kind of yeah. team. They're going to make a move before they hit the ashes. Uh, in my opinion, too, is like I, I just don't see them putting up with like if they lose out. I don't see. I don't see it. I don't see it, dude. I just don't. I disagree with it's everybody. Definitely not a non-zero just, type thing. Maybe James Franklin's ready to take that leap and get out of the Big Ten and go down to Florida. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And then you yeah. see, though, like, I mean, look at Jimbo's situation, though, at A&M. Like, everybody's like, well, if they, you know, don't perform well in these last few games, Jimbo's out. And I don't see that happening. Not this year. I see, I see A&M waiting for the first loss to Texas. After they haven't played in a good long time, oh, they'll they'll fire and using the that to rally the fan base and the boosters to get him out at that point because it'll be well, a lot easier sell on the on the the tens of millions of dollars if you lose to Texas next year. Yeah, look, he's not going anywhere. I mean, if if they if, if they're finishing the year with seven wins at least, yeah. um, now that's same old, same old, right? You know, they they haven't gained anything. Uh, that seems to be the the deal around there. Expectations seven and five. Doesn't matter who the coach is, but um, the rest of the slate this weekend, uh, as we know, top ten matchup Saturday night: Ole Miss and Georgia, Auburn and Arkansas that afternoon. Tennessee and Missouri could be a really good one at three thirty on CBS. Bama at Kentucky, mm-hmm. and Van or uh, and then Vandy in South Carolina. All right, quickly here. Uh, it's time for uh, the 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 segment that's sweeping the nation in the last five minutes of our program. Agree or disagree? We'll start with the guest, the host of the late night Gamecock show, Matt Anderson. Matt Vanderbilt will score twenty four or more points this weekend. Agree or disagree? Disagree. Oh, all right. He is Ooh, on the Clayton White spicy. bandwagon. Nice. Don't put me on there. Don't put me on there, JP. We're ready to give Clayton White a raise and an extension. Let's go. All right. <laughs> uh, jumping the fence here and heading to Mad Dog's house, Spencer Rattler will complete 75% or more of his pass attempts this weekend. He has completed 71% or higher in every home game this year. 75? Ooh. 75. That's... So what's that? Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I, I'll take it. I'll, I'll take it. Okay, staying off the bulletin board. Yeah. All right, mm-hmm. boy. You don't want you don't want Dow to come looking for you. 
All right, uh, back into the Anderson, uh, the Anderson household. Xavier Leggett will have his sixth 100-yard game of the season, Matt. I agree. You agree, big fan. Of, we're all big fans of the – you can't do that to Xavier Leggett. You know, you can't ruin the mojo. Um, this, uh, this kid is 544 yards off of tying Alshon, I guess we should say, 500 – and 45 yards from breaking Alshon Jeffrey's single-season record. Get him a bowl game, and who knows? Alshon did that 14 games back in 2010. They played for an SEC championship. Uh, back to the neighborhood of Mad Dog. The Gamecocks defense will hold Vandy under 125 yards rushing this weekend. They have not rushed for over 120, I think, in four or five games. Yeah, I don't uh, – I... You said they'll hold them for under? Under, yeah. I agree. You agree? All right, man. Y'all are piling on. the. I don't know if there's any room left on the Clay Gamecocks White Gamecocks get a win, and we're, we're, we're right back in here. That mine, I'm telling you. I mean, well, listen, you got to figure uh, Coach White's bandwagon's pretty small right now, so two of us might tip that thing over. This is – are you maybe you're on the uh, LLC with uh, Stallions and Corum in, in in Wyoming, and somebody's paying you under the table here for this? Uh, well, there's a reason why we did that in Wyoming because you know oh. <laughs> no tax there. <laughs> uh, in the words of Chris Farley, you are correct. All right, and then finally, uh, with um, where are we? Okay, finally back to Matt Anderson. His his. Third and final agree or disagree, the Gamecock offense, Matt, will rush for over 150 yards this weekend. 150. Hmm. Well, the carry-on's not playing, so that that's not going to dent that number too much on the rushing yards. <laughs> um, I'll, 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 I'm going to disagree. I just don't think they're going to run the ball. And maybe 125, but the 150, I couldn't agree with that one, JB. Yeah. You know, I it's look, it makes sense. I I get it. Um Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's it just kind of is what it is. Um Phil Vandy has not converted more than this is this is pay attention to this number on Saturday, everybody. Right. Pay attention. Vandy has not converted more than 22%. 22 not 32, not 23, 22% of their third downs in any of the last five games. They have not converted more than 22% of their third downs in any of the last five games. Mm. The Gamecocks will hold them to 25% or fewer. Agree or disagree? Well, we know Perry's going to tell us that's one of the keys tomorrow. Yeah, he's uh, a broken record. i got to get him off that. Okay, we got <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Barry, shut up, man. Come up with some new stuff. <laughs> we need a fifth key. No. Yeah. 25. Yeah. Uh, I I disagree. You disagree. All right. Clayton White, bulletin board. Sending to Shane after the show. It can't okay. all go wrong. No, nah, it never does. I actually <laughs> don't disagree right. with your yeah. decision there. I do have a bonus pick for both of you, though. We'll uh, start with uh, with Matt. South Carolina will force three or more turnovers again this weekend. Last weekend, of course, they they forced four against uh, Jacksonville State. Uh, they will force three or more turnovers. Vanderbilt has the sixth most in college football this year. They've turned it over 17 times. 
you know, for for my preseason prediction for the Gamecocks having double amount of turnovers and they they give up, I'm gonna agree with that because I need the number, man. I need to get okay. one prediction right. Agree. <laughs> I need that one to hit. <laughs> Bill, would you agree or disagree? Three turnovers. Three or more. Hell, I'll agree. I mean, you got oh, four right. against the better offense last week, and then you got go rolling in here, to, you know, Saturday. So yeah, let's see you can get three. Uh, yeah. Here's the I'm still here's mad at them not not giving Josh Simon that touchdown because I had ten total touchdowns for the tight ends this year, and that really mm. stunk because there's only four I think so far. <laughs> here is the um, here is the um, here is the here is the final synopsis for. This weekend's ball game, according to Matt Anderson and Mad Dog Molinax, uh, South Carolina will hold Vanderbilt under 24 points. Xavier Leggett will have over 100 yards. The Gamecock offense will not rush for 150. Rattler, though, will complete three quarters of his passes while the Gamecocks defense holds Vandy under 125 yards rushing and Vanderbilt will convert more than 25 percent of their third downs. But Carolina will force three turnovers and find a way to hang on 45 to 42. I don't know. I made that last part up. Hey, wait a minute. Hold on. 32. <laughs> come on, Gamecocks. You, gotta, you can't, you know, come on. Come on. <laughs> hey, before I get out of here, if y'all see that line, and this is, I'll, I'll take it off the air with this. Kentucky's only favored by, I mean, Alabama's only favored by 10 and, ten and, a, and a half. That is a weird number. That's what I've said. That's what I've said. I agree. I, I just be careful. Yeah, that one's yeah, just got red flag thrown all over it. But give me the tide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I like Alabama. I know Danny Cannell is doing his SEC hate thing again this week where he bashes LSU's defense and then talks about how Milrow isn't that good because it was LSU, but I like how they're using Miller. I don't really care who they're using him against. I like how they're using him. He is a – when he gets going, whoa, man, he shoots out like a rocket. How fun was that game on, on Saturday night for about three – two and a half quarters. <laughs> two and a half quarters, yeah. that thing was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No question. Matt, thanks for joining us. Have thanks, a wonderful y'all. week. We'll do it again next week. Sounds good. There you go, Matt Anderson. The Late Night Gamecock Show, you can find it on the – Chief Sports app. A couple of quick parting shots here. Tonight, 8 o'clock, ESPN Plus. Carolina looking for their second consecutive major upset in men's soccer. Remember, they just took down number one, UCF. They'll be in Orlando to take on West Virginia. We'll see if they can get it done. We'll see you tomorrow on Inside the Gamecocks, the show.